The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth that they had faith in you. And you. You are now locked in to the latest edition of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, part of the Roto Fanatic Podcast Network. Go to Roto Fanatic and check out Paul Mamino's Mamino Man GPS report. It's all about David Peterson and the New York Mets. Is he just a tall pitcher or is there more to the story? Go to rotofanatic.com right now and find out. It's episode 94, the Braxton Garrett edition. Friday Night Palazzo is officially in session, and for the first time in a few weeks, we have got a guest. That's right, he is known for his bullpen work, and you can find him at Fantasy Triage on Twitter. He is the most knowledgeable emergency room nurse in America when it comes to fantasy baseball. Give it up for your friend and ours, Aaron Peggs. Join your host, Christopher Deary and Michael Gobier as they break down a game of bullpen bingo. They'll also take a look at Quibono, who benefits from current injuries in the near term and far. There's plenty to absorb in this wild episode of the Plazo Podcast. Take it away, boy. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, which is part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network. You can go to rotofanatic.com right now, and you can read articles from Phil Goyette, Paul Mamino, and more. We are live today. It's me, Michael Govier, at MJ Govier, G-O-V as in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter, and my co-host, Christopher Deary, C. Deary1999. That's Deary as in dearly beloved, not the hoof antlered creature type deer. Deary, we have a guest today. It's been a while since we had a guest. We've been rolling solo for a while, but we are in a privileged position tonight to have on somebody who knows a thing or two about fantasy baseball. Maybe three, maybe four. Who knows? He's known formerly for Perfectly Framed. Now, 
podcast is called Bullpen Games. This guy knows bullpens, he knows relievers, but he knows everything there is to know about fantasy baseball. You can catch him on the internet, spouting off tweets at Fantasy Triage, which is a fantastic handle. Fantasy Triage is one of the top five best fantasy baseball handles in the business. Ladies and gentlemen, and everybody in between, let's give it up for the one, the only, the great, the unstoppable force that is Aaron Payne! Woo! Welcome. I mean, who does it better than Govier when you come in on their show? <laughs> Nobody. Uh, absolutely. Well, we <laughs> I mean, before we, before we get going, though, I have to thank, because I'm going to forget, I have to thank David Mendelson. Without D. Mendy, I would not be sitting here in this seat on this screen live with Govier and Deary. I don't know if Govier forgot, but a few months ago, D. Mendy said, if you could be on one podcast, you could go and sit down and talk to one person in the industry, who would it be? And I was not lying when I said the Enrico <laughs> Palazzo, two L's, two Z's. You talk. Give me two. And uh, well here said. I am. So thank, well thank said. you guys. I do remember that. Of course I do. That's this has been a long time coming. We've been trying to make this happen for a minute. And you know, there's schedules and people have shit to do and lives Babies. and yada yada yada. You're a you're a parent, so Again. you've created life as well. Twice. Yeah, twice. Yeah. And I mean, recently. I'm thrilled. I love, you know, love, I love, uh, I love my children. I hate babies, but I love <laughs> courageous endeavor. I hate babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. Thank you for saying those kind words. And shout out, of course, to the Triple Play guys. We're big fans of theirs. <laughs> they are big fans of us. And they we're all big fans of everybody. It's a big love fest. Get somebody close to you. Go give a big ass hug and say, I love you, whoever it is, whoever it is near you right now, because you never know when that moment will be gone. But on today's show, we're going to talk fantasy baseball. We might try to hug each other virtually. I don't think we can do that because we're in the digital cyber sphere. But on today's show, we're going to break down bullpens. We're going to play a game of bullpen bingo. What is bullpen bingo? Who the hell knows? It's something we'll new. It just out. sounds, yeah, it sounds catchy. It's got alliteration. It's fun. Aaron knows a lot about bullpen, so I thought we'd try to mix that in. We'll talk about who's coming back soon. The return of the Mac is upon us. Qui Bono, who benefits from injuries? Recent injuries, Chaz Chisholm, Jonathan India. There are players that are hurt. Who's going to benefit? In fact, somebody might be benefiting already tonight as we do this podcast. And then we'll dive into, of course, Enrico's Inquisition. We have not been able to do oh, an Inquisition. It's been a bit, man. It's been a bit. It has. We haven't had a guest in forever. So Aaron is all the excuse we needed to get this back on the show. We're really thrilled about it. Deary, it really was one of the more fun parts of the show. And I, I didn't want to get rid of it intentionally. It just... It's a guest-oriented thing, you know? Yeah, well, we're going to sit there and talk to each other, in, in, inquisit each other. That doesn't work. No one wants to know anything about me or you. I mean, everybody knows everything about you, Mike, So, because you put it all out there. and It's true. I'm just a man. You're just, just a man. A, I'm just a man who lives in Ann Arbor. I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, no, I'm a man. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know you're a man. We got that. I thought there was more to that sentence. Uh, but Aaron, uh, tell us one thing about yourself that we should know that has nothing to do with baseball whatsoever. Wow. Okay. Um, I am, uh, well, if, if you follow me at Fantasy Triage and you talked about the handle, it comes from my day job, which is an emergency room registered nurse. I've been an ER nurse for, uh, this is my eighth year. And um, I, so I have been, um, I've been in some really, really wild situations. Like anything you could think of, I've worked trauma. So I've seen, uh, I've, I've seen it, I've done it. Um, and I now, um, I have, I'm a family man, like you mentioned with two kids. And so kind of trying to 
scale back how intense my work days are. So um, I work for the Department of Veterans Affairs. Shout out to our troops and our soldiers. And, yeah, and all of our veterans. So uh, I work in an emergency department uh, at a veterans-only hospital. So amazing. That's a busy life. Yeah, yeah, twelve hour, yeah, twelve hour shifts, twelve hour shifts, and uh, trying to monitor, you know, who's going to get the the next save for the Royals. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my whole life, right there. I've seen ER. I've seen ER. I've seen Grey's Anatomy. I know what goes on in these shows. It's exactly, it's exactly (laughs) like that. We all sleep with each other in the break room, and uh, you know, the surgeons are right there when you need them. That one is long gone. Yeah, that was a bunch of bullshit right there. All those TV shows, they just do a disservice to the medical industry, don't they? Yeah, they it's make just it seem so ridiculous. It's just a soap opera. It's, it's I've unwatchable. I've never seen one. It's unwatchable if you can... Uh, if, if you're, you're in like, the medical yeah, field, If yes. you know, yeah, if you know what you're looking at, and you're like, why Why would that? Why would they do that? They would never do that. But you never do that. <laughs> That's funny. I, I guess I didn't consider that. But then again, I'm not the kind of person who would ever sit down to watch Grey's Anatomy, and I don't have to. No one's forcing me to. And that's why you guys love the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Uh, I want to say quickly thank you to Justin Mason and the Welsh. Is it the Welsh? Chris Welsh. They were doing the TGFBI pod last night, and they mentioned our show. They mentioned me, and it was totally random and unexpected. And I wanted to say thank you. I really appreciate that. Shout out to you guys. They had a really honest conversation. I want to recommend that pod as well. They were talking about the business and their own kind of journey and experience through it all. The misery, the pain, the glory, the special moments. And I think it's worth your time. If you want to know more about how things go behind the scenes, it's a great podcast for that. And if you just want to hear two people openly talk honestly and righteously, then I would strongly recommend you check out the latest episode of the TGFBI podcast with Mason and Welsh. Good times, noodle salad. But this is our time. This is me, Deary, and Aaron. We're here to talk fantasy baseball. And Aaron... I think what I think about now is April is coming to a close here. We're moving into May, and we have some opportunities to maybe, I don't know, make some headway in the leagues we're struggling in, but also keep things interesting. How do you keep a league interesting to those that you're in it with when some people are starting to struggle? They might be flaming out. The NFL draft, as you said, it's there is an NFL draft going on right now as we're recording this. I'm sure it's taking away from our huge viewership. But uh, how do we keep people interested in a fantasy baseball league as we move into the summer? Man, I mean, this is a struggle for most leagues, right? I think um, we play in so many industry leagues where everyone is all fantasy baseball all the time. And so it's very easy for us to think that every league um, has 10, 12, 15 guys active on their waiver wire all season long. And that's just not the case with fantasy. I mean, fantasy football players will lie to you and tell you that's the case in their fantasy football leagues as well. But after like week six, they lose, they lose participation as well. Um, in fantasy baseball, I mean, it's a long, it's a long haul. It's a grind. So I think making it simplifying one, simplifying your scoring rules. So everyone knows how they're playing, uh, helps keep people involved. So they know how they can, you know, it's easy to look at the, you know, much easier for people. I enjoy points leagues more now than I ever have before because I can honestly relate to those folks who don't have the time to sit there and grind out how many steals it's going to take me to climb two points in the standings in the month of May. You know what I mean? I can see, <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that, you know, if I put Reese Hoskins in my lineup and he's facing a bunch of left-handed pitching, like he's going to hit some homers this week and I can grasp that. Um, and I think the average player can grasp that. So I think leaning, I don't, I think, just starting off with having a system that everyone enjoys and not just being a curmudgeon and forcing five by five on everyone, I think is a goes a long, long way 
to helping keeping people involved all season. Great points. Uh, Deary, what do you think of this? Deary, you and I have been in a million fantasy leagues over the years. We've struggled at times. We've had great successes where people crowned us with crowns. Right. That's what they're called crowns, I guess. You're right. If you get crowned with a crown, so it's a <laughs> noun and a verb. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So how do we stay entertained? When you're in last place and it's July and you're like not paying attention anymore, you're looking at NFL training camp stuff. Deary, how do we avoid that? How do we avoid that sadness? It's difficult. I think you'd have to talk to somebody who plays in a million leagues or only plays in a few leagues and quits after like a month. I got one guy in one of my leagues. He's he's done nothing. He's made no moves. He's got a solid team. He's in 10th place, but he's got like five guys on the IL and does nothing. He's already paid up for the league. So it's just like you're, throwing, <laughs> you're just like throwing away your money. Um, you know, and this happens in a ton of leagues. I mean, one of my keeper leagues, what, what we've done is we've initiated, um, you know, we, we don't like it when guys tank and just like completely give up. So what we've done is for those of you that don't make the playoffs, we will play out that consolation bracket. And if you win the consolation bracket, you get the number one pick next year, which will be round 13, but it's the number one pick. It, it, it spruces it up a little bit, gives teams that are way behind a chance to maybe make some moves and improve their team. Um, I've toyed with ideas of, you know, putting little side bets out there in terms of like, Hey, everybody in the league picks three players this week and mm. you take the best stats out of those. And that guy wins the pot for the week. You don't have to do it every week, but it might give a chance to guys become a little more invested. Maybe some win some money on the side if your team isn't that great over a full season. So that's, that's another opportunity to try to keep it fun, but it's a struggle throughout the, Throughout the industry, whether new, you're a new player or even a veteran player, I mean, the frustrations happen, especially in a season like this where some guys just aren't performing. There's a ton of guys on the IL. I mean, it's the reason why I don't play in a lot of leagues. I think I'm in seven leagues. I, I can't imagine playing in 25 leagues. I mean, I'm, I don't know if Aaron has the time for that or if, if he even does it. And It's probably why a lot of people have gone to, you know, your draft and holds and the Raz Slam formats because I think it's a little more conducive towards someone who has such a really busy lifestyle. Mm. Aaron, what do you think? Is that crazy? It's not crazy. I I have I last season in the t- heading into the twenty or two seasons ago, last full season, twenty nineteen, heading into that year, I thought I'm going to get in a bunch of leagues and then I can really figure out the player pool best, and I'm going to crush it in all my drafts, and then I'm going to be so far ahead of everyone else because you know I'm going to see the <laughs> fab bids on Thursday that are going to help me on Sunday and. I thought I thought I had like the world by the by the sack, but but the truth the truth is I just got I got overwhelmed. I mean, as much as I was following baseball day to day, I lost track of you know. I mean, I'm playing on like five platforms, and, and one week I don't track fan tracks, you know, and now all of a sudden my fan tracks team's in the toilet. So yeah, I know I I, I agree with you, dearie. Like I I am way down on leagues this year. I've I've cut way way back. I think I'm in six total. And uh, and only three of those run Fab Weekly, so I only got to make three true, you know, ro- lineup or roster decisions a-, a week, and that's much easier to manage. And I'm still enjoying it. You know, maybe yeah. I uh, I didn't get into a main event this year, but you know, Nate and I joined the um, tag team the tag team competition with yeah that, that you guys are that you're in there, Agovier, and uh, we you know, we really made that the league that we were going to spend the most time on. We we have you know we have conversations throughout the week about. What's coming up? Who are we going to swap out on Fridays? And I found that to be much more enjoyable, putting you know a lot more effort into one, you know, one main league than uh, than than splitting myself like thirteen ways to Sunday. <laughs> uh, Brian K says, "Screw you, NFL draft late second round." He is here. Brian never misses the show. Brian, thank you so much. Thank you. 
you know, Aaron thanks you. You know, thinking about it, Govi, coming in, especially after last season, because we kind of got gypped by only getting a two-month season, that people were so excited about the season. And sometimes you got to pull back a little bit and realize, hey, am I prepared to commit myself to 25, 30 leagues? Because you could get into early June and you're like, oh, shit, half these leagues are done. I'm not going to focus on these ones. I'm going to go towards the ones that I am doing well. But there's that excitement, especially after last season. I mean, I'm, I know you got into a lot of leagues this year. You got into a lot of leagues last year, Mike. I hope that you're still keeping up on it. But it's a grind. So know what you're getting into. And if you can't make the commitment, please don't because you're going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah, it's much more organized this year for me, Deary. I, I streamlined. I did a lot more best balls. So I only have... I think six fab leagues, maybe six. So that's doable. And then most of it's on NFC. I do have a couple fan tracks ones as well. Like the Glarf. Good old, I love my Glarf people. But Aaron, you know, the tag team league is tough. The fab bids have been absurd and crazy. And Eric Cross, as I've said many times in the show, if you pay attention to the show ever, Eric Cross is my partner. And we're going toe-to-toe with guys like you and Nate, and it's tough. It's a real challenge. We're kind of in the middle of the pack. I don't I don't know if we're going to make headway because we got shitty pitching like Chris Paddock and Frankie <laughs> Montas. Um, and we didn't play Chris. Chris Bassett had nine strikeouts against the Rays mm. yesterday or the day before, and I was like, fuck, we didn't play him. He's on the bench. Yeah, we don't have to make too many decisions on our pitching. Our pitching stinks too. We've got Jake DeGrom and <laughs> we've got Jake DeGrom and pray that the Mets score a run so we can get a win. That's pretty much what we have on our, on our pitching side. Oh. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. That's what you do when you face Jacob DeGrom, no doubt about it. But we now have to say thank you, tributes, and glorification to Mr. Belvedere. Do you know Mr. Belvedere? Did you ever see that show, Aaron? You're 36, so it's possible you're familiar with it. Of course I of course, I've seen that show. Yes. Well, it's not always obvious. A lot of people are like, I never heard that shit. Oh, could I, could I like recite an episode or really get, get in depth on it? No. I mean, it was on in my grandparents' living room when I was eating like olive loaf <laughs> sandwiches that I didn't want when my parents were at work, you know, something like that. On a very special Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> yeah. That, nobody remembers a specific episode. <laughs> Wesley got caught in a freezer or something. Oh, I know. That was yeah. Punky Brewster. <laughs> oh, Wesley got caught beaten off. Who knows? I mean, things like that happened but that's a sitcom on a network show so it's probably likely that didn't happen but with the Belvedere music rolling we do a bit of housekeeping here Aaron you know we get the brooms out we get the dust buster and we clean out the cobwebs we're doing some spring cleaning as we move into May it's an exciting time and we thank new followers to the show advanced AVG at advanced AVG Uh, I'm not sure who this is but if you're hearing the show advanced AVG Cool. You got stats that you're providing. Metrics and fun stuff. Good for you. Linda Wilson, thank you for following us at Palazzo Podcast. Of course, the two L's, two Z's, as Aaron said earlier. Well done, Aaron. And the Fantasy Moose. The Fantasy Moose gives football guidance, but he's big proponent. Well, I don't know if the Moose is a man or a woman, actually. I have no idea. But the Fantasy Moose provides mental health advocacy in addition to fantasy football advice. And we are a big fans of that here on the show so we welcome the fantasy moose to our world and we are hopefully welcomed into the fantasy moose's world we would love to talk more about mental health with you and maybe some sports and how about mental health and sports and how they cross sec together think about that could be fun so thank you everybody for following the show it's a real pleasure and as i said be May. Pretty soon, dearie, I won't be able to use this button anymore, so I'm trying to get Thank it in God. as much as I can, you know, because tomorrow's May. It'll be May 1st. First of the month. Wake up, wake up, wake up. You like bone thugs, Aaron? 
Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, well, that's... Emphatically. Again, yeah, you're a good guy. You're right up my alley. I, I like people like you who have good taste in music and you know what's going on. You seem like you have a lot of knowledge about pop culture, so we're going to have some interesting questions for you in the Enrico Inquisition. But first... <laughs> Go ahead, please. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you down on the pop culture, but I I do I do like me some you know '90s R&B st- things. I, that's pretty much where we've where I reach my limit on on pop culture. But uh, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Well, we all know that. So we just prepare the best we can, and we do the best we can each and every day. And if we do get a little bit better, if we make improvements here and there, all the better for us all. Having said that, let's get into leading off. RBI Baseball 3, Nintendo Entertainment System. A classic, a classic. Aaron, I thought instead of me hogging the spotlight, I would defer to you. So for the... Our first catch of the day. Give us somebody who's had a great week. Somebody who stood out so far this week that kicked ass on the baseball diamond that you were impressed by. I mean, you could do this every week, but it's the pitcher who pitches against Jacob deGrom. Every (laughs) single time someone faces deGrom, they stand on the mound and something comes up from the mound through their toes, up their body, into their right or left arm. And they just go toe to toe with Degrom. Isn't this crazy? Like you could literally say this every, almost every outing that Degrom has thrown in the last three seasons. I'm a Mets fan, a suffering, suffering Mets fan. Our best thing is still in LOL Mets. Our be- <laughs> our literal best thing we have. We have the best pitcher on the planet, and it's still like a joke. How does that even happen? How does that happen, Govier? We're going to get all in your face and point out your faults. I don't know. Maybe there's a negative vibe. Uh, I think it was Nick Pavetta this week. It was one of the Red Sox guys, right? Was it Nick Pavetta? Was it Garrett Richards? I don't even remember because both of them shut down the Mets. One guy, you know, one guy after the other. So whichever Red Sox pitcher it was that channeled their own DeGrom on DeGrom's mound at Citi Field, just like every other pitcher does. (laughs) That is the catch of the day, catch of the week. It it, is. I mean, like we're going on like three, four years of this happening. Mike and I were right. talking about this the other day. Like Jacob Degrom is going to be the first like Hall of Famer that lo- wins less than 150 games, just because he's going to have like 3,200 strikeouts and he's not going to have any wins because he never he's going to average like 10 wins a year. It's nuts. Yep. He's he's Pedro Martinez. He's Randy Johnson. If you, I watched him pitch. He goes out there and he just blows everyone away. He's playing a different game than than everyone else is. And I think he, ins- I honestly, I truly believe he inspires the opposing pitcher to play better. And and I think that's awesome. I think that is really fun to watch if you were watching the baseball game just to watch an individual baseball game. But if you're watching this team for season after season and, and week after week and watch DeGrom get up there and watch the offense just not be able to hit pitchers who would like come in with a six ERA and then they strike out six and in six innings and don't give up a run. It's very frustrating for Mets fans. I, I have to be honest, but I want to enjoy Degrom while we have him. So let's score some freaking runs for the guy, please. Yeah, it was Nick Pavetta, by the way. It was Nick, Nick Pavetta, Pavetta yeah. is not a better pitcher than Jacob Degrom. We all know that, but the problem is the Mets' offense is stinking to high heaven. They are just dragging ass. They're not making good contact. They're striking out a lot. They're not walking enough either. I mean, Pavetta should walk a lot more guys, and he only. 
I mean, he walked three guys. I would expect him to walk five guys. I really would. I think you could easily squeeze five walks out of Nick Pavetta. It's not hard to do. But when you're struggling and you're scuffing, you know, you're like, scuffling? Is that the word? Scuffling? Scuffling. Scuffling. Scuffing. If you scuff something, you put a mark on it. And if you're scuffling, you're struggling. Yeah, you're trying to move, but you can't really move, I think, is what's... That's my interpretation of scuffling. You're trying to get somewhere... But you're s- someone. Someone help us out with this. <laughs> the old, the old scuffler. <laughs> well, that's not to be confused with the scofflaw. That's a whole. Oh, other the thing scofflaw! Too. I love that. Watch one. out for those scofflaws. Anyways, I feel bad for Jacob Degrom, and we know that he will still win the Cy Young. It doesn't matter how many wins. Uh, how many wins do you think he'll really have this year? Let's say he pitches a full season. Nothing bogus happens. Give me an over under on the Jacob Degrom win total this year. Dear, you want to set the number? Or you want me to set the number and you go over and under? Go ahead and set the number. You're the hometown fan here. 12 and a half. Oh, I go under. Oh, wow. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would go way under that. That really? seems too high. Yeah, just because they... I was going to set the number at nine. Oh, man, yeah, I'll take thinking, the over on nine. I'll take the over on nine. You will. It's not, he's it's not so an indictment good. Of him. He's it's so not an indictment good. of him, though. I know, no, I know. It's not. His ERA will probably be barely over two. I mean, through I'm looking at some numbers here. I mean, sure, the Mets have only played 19 games. It's the least amount of games in the league. They only have 15 home runs. They're betting 234. Yeah, uh, he's he's had in 2019. He won 11 games in 2018. He won 10 games. So, I mean, you're not so far off on the you're not so far off on the nine. This is what I'm doing historically and what we still know about DeGrom and the Mets. It's always going to be this way. Wins don't mean shit. Who cares? Yeah, we all know what a site. We all yeah, know what the real metrics are that create a great pitcher. You know, K per nine, keeping the walks down, things like that. Minimizing hard contact. Those are things that you get with Jacob DeGrom. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But if you are a Mets fan, non-fantasy wise, like Aaron is, it's kind of frustrating because you want the wins because you want to go to the playoffs. And I think the Mets are probably not going to make the playoffs this year. I actually thought they might, but the way things have started now, it looks... The Braves are just so damn good, and it's going to be a mess to see who finishes second in the NL East, and I bet the wild card will probably come out of one of the other divisions, which would be the Padres and the Dodgers. To scuffle. To scuffle is a verb. Uh, To to move in a hurried, confused, or awkward way, making a rustling or shuffling sound. Ooh, (laughs) shuffling. The old shuffler. Well, speaking of the old shuffler. Yeah, but Queen Bono, who benefits? Let's talk who benefits here. Alec Baldwin's checking in. He wants to know. He's asking Matt Damon in The Departed, Qui Bono, who benefits? Right now, we've got injuries. Someone's going to benefit. So with Jazz Chisholm, and by the way, <laughs> our friend Steve texted us after the show, Deary, and he said, we said Jizz Chasm? No, we didn't. Steve just drinks during every one of our episodes, so he doesn't know what we're saying. <laughs> okay. Well, then, all right. Then. <laughs> At any rate, uh, if we spoke improperly, I apologize for that. But Jazz Chisholm's on the IL. He's got hammy problems. Aaron, who can benefit with Jazz being on the IL now? Is there someone on the Marlins in particular? Or would you like to go? You can go in any fantasy direction, too. Like, you could provide a shortstop slash second baseman, middle infielder replacement for fantasy teams as well. 
I'll stay as direct as I can. Uh, we're all actually losing out by not having Jazz Chisholm play. We'll start with we'll start there. He's super exciting to watch, and and he turned around a Degrom fastball like 101 on his like third day in the major leagues and hit a homer at City Field, which was really cool to watch as even as a non-Mets fan. But uh, direct, direct Jazz 290, four homers, seven stolen bases already in in, in this season, and now he's on the IL. Um, I'm looking at John Birdie. And he's one of these guys who everyone said, you could just wait, you could just wait, you could just wait, you could just wait, and you'll get those steals and wait and wait and wait and get those steals. Well, now he's got his opportunity. Um, he, uh, also, Brian Anderson got hurt. So the position flexibility for Birdie, infield, outfield, he's playing third base every day for the Marlins. In his last 112 big league games, he's got 26 steals. And a lot of times with these steals, guys like Malik Smith, you get like a 210 average or 212 two average. And that's not the case with Birdie. He's a, he's an actual decent hitter, 260 to 270. So if he gets plenty of at bats and he hitting 260 and 270, while Chisholm and Anderson or both of them are licking their wounds for a little bit here heading into the summer, uh, maybe Birdie steals like 10 bags in a month, and you can you can be rewarded for waiting on steals, which hasn't always been the case for those who waited on steals. Outstanding. Well said, sir. Uh, anything you want to add to that, dear? I thought it was pretty much nailed it. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be batting, what, like sixth or seventh for them, and he's going to get every opportunity over the next couple of weeks. He's 15% owned in all Yahoo leagues right now. I'd have to look into uh, NFBC to where he is there. I mean, right now his BABIP is down a little bit, but I think he's going to get some RBI, RBI opportunities. It seems like each week we keep having a guy that we're talking about that's floating out there in free agency – that has steals opportunities, and John Birdie is the guy. So he's going to get the opportunity over the next two weeks. Jesus Aguilar has been murdering the ball in Miami. Hopefully Marte can come back soon. It sounds like it's no. going to be a few more weeks, which is really, really frustrating because he was I off tweeted to a earlier he's going to be out until June, dude. Yeah, that's June. really frustrating. Another month for him being out. So if John Birdie can step up, Get on base, give you some opportunities for stolen bases. Maybe he moves up in the in in the in the order a little bit and can give you some value with some runs. But this is a guy that gets on base. I mean, career to over 10% walk rate, so he's gonna get on base. Sure, he's gonna strike out, not gonna give you home runs, but what you're looking for is you're looking for run opportunities and stolen base opportunities. So that's kind of the guy that you're looking at. I mean, there's in terms of other shortstops, um, you know, maybe like a Josh Rojas. Um, Nick Senzel is gonna be getting a lot more opportunities. I know he's he's a second baseman. Uh, right now with Jonathan India out, but he's going to get a lot more opportunities. And it's also going to allow Tyler Naquin to play the outfield more for Cincinnati. But uh, Birdie's a guy that I think you can pick up, maybe stream him here and see if he gives you any value over the next few weeks with Jazz out. Well, dear, you just alluded to it. Yes, Jonathan India is the next guy. Spoiler alert! Nick Senzel plays second base tonight, hitting a home run as well while starting at second base. You get that second base eligibility in with that outfield eligibility. You're talking about a player who could really provide some value. He also went four for four against Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers the other day, which was a surprise. The rest of the team went three for 29. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty damn good day, if you ask me. Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel probably rostered all over the place, so I doubt you'll find him. But in 10-team leagues, he might be on the waiver wire, right, Darren? Yeah, Senzel probably available in like those shallower leagues. But uh, dear, you mentioned the guy that um, actually might benefit the most from Jonathan India, and that's Tyler Naquin. Naquin, Naquin. Um, you know, hitting in the sixth hole a bunch Nyquil? now. Naquil, yeah, hitting in the sixth <laughs> hole a bunch. The Reds, the Reds are a super right-handed, heavy hitting lineup, and and Naquin gets his his starts. Um, Bat and bats from the left side, so a nice little bat, a left-handed bat behind all those like power hitting righties, on base guy. 
this year, at least 352 on base percentage. He was red scorching hot at the beginning of the year. He had like 12, he had a seven RBI game, 12 RBIs in his first six games. And he's only had five RBI since, but he's lost a little bit of playing time. So if someone picked him up for that hot streak or right after that seven RBI performance, and uh, they may have held on to him for like two weeks, but then, you know, kissed him goodbye uh, three days ago or whatever at the beginning of this week. So take a look on your, on your wire and see if um, the person who was riding Naquin had already bailed on him. And now he's going to get some regular at bats with India um, out of the lineup and Senzel moving into the infield. Yay. That's great news. India was a nice start to the season. I was jealous. I didn't have him in a lot of leagues, but now he's on the IL and things slowed down a bit. So I don't feel as bad now, but I do feel bad for him as a human being. Jonathan India, we wish you well. Marco Gonzalez, he has hit the IL. Forearm issues. Dun, dun, duh. We need a dun, dun, duh drop. I can't believe I don't have one of those. I need the... All I got is this. You know, I I think there's a really good one from the Naked Gun. Yeah, you're right. There is, isn't there? Absolutely. Great call. I'm totally writing that down right now. But uh, yeah, Marco Gonzalez. Aaron, are you looking for anybody in Seattle? To replace him, maybe somebody who's not on the major league roster yet. Yeah, I'm not going that far, but ah. uh, I will say, but I will say that the MRI, as a as a medical professional, the MRI says mild strain. <laughs> that does not mean anything. Uh, that just means that there's a strain in his forearm. And uh, tomorrow, that strain could be worse when he goes to try to throw a baseball for the first time since he felt something in his form. I know, bad news. I know, bad, bad <laughs> news, bad, bad news. I'm so sorry, Marco Gonzalez, rosterers, rosterees. Um, I'm looking at the same team, same rotation. Uh, the rotation that should have been six-man is now going to probably I – mean, now they only got like four healthy guys, but they're probably going to stick with the five-man rotation here for, for quite a bit. Um, Chris Flexen. Coming back to baseball from, uh, coming back to Major League Baseball from the KBO, kind of like a nice little 22% K rate. Um, wasn't that type of guy when he left to go over to Korea to play. Um, he had one bad start against Minnesota, but his other three starts against San Francisco, Houston, and Boston, Houston and Boston, two pretty good lineups. Um, two earned runs, 18 innings pitch versus those three teams. Hmm. He actually came back, you know, you. Uh, you don't just say, oh, he went to Korea, he ate some kimchi, he came back, and now he's a better pitcher, <laughs> right? Like, he went to Korea, and something happened. And if you look, if you watched any bit of KBO, you watch Chris Flexen's starts, his curveball had some really filthy movement, and you weren't sure if it was going to translate here to Major League Baseball, but it actually, it actually has. And uh, he's got a 50% ground ball rate this year because his curveball has a bigger break than it did uh, when he left to go to Korea in 2020 now he's back in 2021 and he's going to get every fifth day starts he's been very good for them and uh, i i like him as a as a nice little sneaky ad beautiful fantastic you are going to say it so i'll say it. logan gilbert yes if logan gilbert is available please pick him up i would be surprised if he was but if you're in deep deep leagues it's possible he's not dynasty leagues clearly he's on someone's team but logan gilbert this is the time may 1st is tomorrow this is the moment logan gilbert time is upon us and there's no need for us to be you know denied that beautiful experience right the mariners the mariners don't have the greatest track record here with calling guys up (laughs) yeah i know everyone thought clinic would be up by now and it's Yeah. yeah he's not up either you're right yeah, they haven't, they haven't announced a starter yet for Monday, uh, so <gasps> we'll see if uh, 
you know, Logan Gilbert gets the call. I love the Chris Flexen call. I picked him up in my TGFBI league last week on on uh, Thad Picks, and uh, he's been mentioned a couple times in the last week. He's clearly, whoever taught him what he's doing correctly now over in the KBO, thank you, because I think he's going to give some really nice value going forward. Mariners are playing really good baseball right now. They're above 500. They're right in the race out west, but they need some pitching. Kikuchi looked fantastic the other day. Uh, he was one of those three guys that we brought up about, you know, being two stream pitchers this week. He's going to pitch again the, uh, later this week. And, you know, Flexen, great call on Flexen. Logan Gilbert, we'll see. I mean, hot name, but like to, to what, uh, you know, our colleague over here said is just like, Seattle does not have that track record of, of knowing what to do with these young guys. I mean, it's too bad Justin Dunn has not been very good either, uh, you know, for the Mariners so far. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully Gilbert comes up and we, and we see a little bit more from what we saw earlier in the season from him. By the way, uh, Flexen is pitching tonight against the Angels and Andrew Heaney. Heaney versus Flexen. It's going to be a doozy. Chris Paddock has been put on the IL while we're doing the show here. I hadn't caught that before we went on the air. He's on the IL. According to the Padres, it's an undisclosed injury, so it sounds like a COVID thing. It also could be just bullshit because he sucks and he needs a break. <laughs> um, but it doesn't sound like this is an injury related to his body that would be an excuse for his poor performance. So stay tuned on that one. Uh, Cole Calhoun, he's back on the IL as well. And that means Dalton Varsho time. Dalton Varsho was recalled Wednesday. Are we excited? Will Varsho finally benefit Aaron? Are you a fan of Varsho, or do you think he's a bunch of hot air? I mean, he is a bunch of hot air, but uh, some some very very good value if he has the catcher when he has that catcher eligibility and outfield. So he's going to actually go into the outfield and play regularly in the lineup and get all those at bats. He's going to out at bat all the other catchers, and just for that. Those counting stats are just, you know, are are just the, you know, they're the bee's knees, as you would say. They're they're what you want from your catcher. Hang on a second, everyone, hold still. Uh oh. Here's a story of a kid named Brady who was selected by the Blue Jays in round two. Yeah, we got bad news. I'm bringing the Brady Singer song. The Brady Don't Singer tell me bunch. something bad happened to him. Brady Singer's left his start after being hit by a line drive. Where do where do you get hit? It does look to be in the leg, which could be, uh, be better fine. news than his head or his uh, arm. But makes me sad. I'm sad. That's it. I just got this out of my head at work at about 5 p.m. today. So, you know, thank you. You want to get real sad? Look at the Yankees-Tigers score. Oh, no, that's great, man. If you didn't load up on Yankees and DFS, you're an idiot. But here we go, Brady. A tribute to you. A start that didn't quite go your way, way, but you're still number one in my heart. So uh, hopefully he'll be all right. He will probably have a big bruise, I imagine. Uh, Matty Boyd is another pitcher who left, and he's going to miss one start. He left his start yesterday against the White Sox. Uh, Knee tendonitis was the rumor, and as of today, he will miss one turn. No IL appearance, which is positive news. But that does mean you'll be one start less. Uh, is there a Tiger here who could fill the void on the roster right now? Because I don't see one, dearie, at all. It sounds like this is just stay away. A Tiger that's going to give you fantasy value, especially Not in the-, the pitching staff? <laughs> yeah. No, I think, Sco- I think Scooble's starting this weekend. Um, Scooble started tonight. It was a disaster. So. Oh, oh, he started tonight? I thought it was tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, did, did, Fulmer, did, did Michael Fulmer get in that game, Govier, tonight? 
Uh, I they, don't know. I haven't checked the box score. But, Fulmer, uh, I know Fulmer, Fulmer was came pretty in, good. So. Yeah, Fulmer was pretty good um, kind of ramping up to be the piggyback, I think they call that position, where uh, he yeah. kind of has limited the innings on their young starters. So, um, you know, Fulmer's like a, a prospect that's now been dusted away and no one no one thinks about him anymore. But, you know, high-skilled player who had some, a little bit of success and so maybe sneakily could – um, hey, thanks, Brian. Yeah, Flexen was a Met. Of course, he'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brian K checking in the live comments here, letting Aaron know that once a Met, always a Met. That means good things. And Alice always said, "Don't play ball in the house." I guess she did. I didn't even watch the Brady Bunch in decades, but uh, I'll take your word for it, Brian. <laughs> she did say that. You know, I'm, I'm actually going back to Fulmer. I'm really frustrated with the Tigers are actually doing with Fulmer. Because it's not that he, you know, going four innings, that's fine. But he's, like, pitching, like, 37 in pitches in four innings, and then they're mm. pulling him out. Like, if he goes four innings and throws 70 pitches, sure, that's okay. You're trying to ramp him back up. But, like, look at more of the pitch count than the innings that they're going with. It's almost like they have this idea that, okay, four innings and then you're pulled. But look at his pitch count more than anything. Like, 37 pitches, and they're pulling him in four innings. It looks like Buck Farmer came in for Scooble today, and he gave up four runs as well. So. <laughs> The wind was blowing out at Yankee Stadium tonight, so that was bad news for any pitcher. But except Garrett Cole, who struck out 11 Tigers already. Oh, Oh my God. Did you see it? What did Rodon do last night? Struck out 13 Tigers. 12 Tigers. (laughs) 12 Tigers Um, in seven innings. But for some reason, his slider's not in, like, the top three best pitches. I saw a tweet from somebody today. I think it was uh, Cubby Knoll. Shout out to Cubby Knoll about uh, some of the best pitches in baseball. But I don't know (laughs) what the exact context was exactly, so maybe I should slow my roll. At any rate, Aaron... We got people on the men, but we also, and they're leaving. They're hurt. They're getting hit by pitches. They have COVID, yada, 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 but they're coming back as well. Return of the Mac. Now, this is the live cast version, so there's no music because YouTube gets pissed. But on the podcast version right now, you're hearing a 90s R&B jam classic. Return of the Mac. What's a better song? Return of the Mac or I Believe I Can Fly? Oh, man. Um, whew, do you want me to cry or do you want me to get really excited? Well, I thought you might go with Return of the Mac because it kind of cancels out the other song because R. Kelly was a part of it and it's kind of a douche. I band. hear you. I do, I do hear that. Yeah, yeah. I do, I do hear that. He wasn't, I mean, he wasn't the greatest person. Is he still alive? I mean, yeah, they're okay. both still alive. Okay. Um, I just, just what's his name, Deary? Mark Harrison? The correct answer to anything we're talking about right now is Return of the G from Outcast. Come on now. Well, that's a different story. Yeah. That's a better return. <laughs> All right, well... So either way, we got people on the mend. They're coming back. And Aaron threw out a few names, which I really dug. Uh, He went a little more long-term. Chris Sale. We don't know when he'll be back. That's a little more. Do you think you have any idea when you could expect Chris Sale to be back this year, Aaron? I mean, what do I hope for? If I stash in Chris Sale, I'm hoping for July. Because that'll get me like 14 starts. So if I can get Chris Sale back like 4th of July weekend, maybe like a little bit after 4th of July weekend, you can still steal 80 innings in the hundred Ks with a around a one whip at a three ERA. That's a super cool stash um, for someone who had Tommy John a long time ago. And he was already ready to pitch um, in September, but the Red Sox were out of it and baseball was weird and COVID and all that. (laughs) Um, So, you know, he may have been able to pitch at the end of last season and now they've taken it extra slow. And this is like the new Tommy John thing, right? This is the new TJ thing where they don't, bring you back when you're ready to pitch because you go through that dead arm phase. So they'd rather you do the dead arm thing in the minors or in the, at the alternate side or extended spring training and then get back up to full speed. The Mets are doing that with, with Thor. And so, um, you know, when he comes back, I think he'll be back 
to back. And you can expect him to, to go out there and give you six innings every night with, you know, eight, nine strikeouts. Ooh, okay. Thor, I would love to see Thor back playing for the Mets. I would love to see Chris Sale pitching for that Red Sox team, which is good. He, he'll probably be motivated to get back sooner than later because the Red Sox are a legit team this year. Uh, more realistically, closer to approaching return, Alberto Mondesi, he's slowly making his way back. We don't have any signs of a rehab stint yet by any means, but Mondesi's slowly making his way back. He'll probably provide plenty of steals and tons of strikeouts. What are we thinking? Probably We'll probably see him by late May. Would that be crazy? Would it be crazy if he was not back on the field by then? Dear, are you a Mondesi guy? <laughs> no, not at all. No, he doesn't. He should have heard me. Like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even talk about him last episode. Mike's like, let's not want to talk Mondesi. I'm like, nope, I want nothing to do with him. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it. Uh, you know, I, man, I, maybe we'll get into something else if I go on this tangent, but I don't have any shares of Aldebertel Mondesi um, a- a- anywhere because of how much um, investment I need would needed to make to invest in a guy who, like Michael, you said, uh, strikes out a ton and um, is also injured, oft injured. And uh, I know he can be a league winner in overall formats. Um, sure. But most of, you know, most fantasy baseball players don't play in overall formats. So uh, uh, Aldoberto Mondesi um, is, man, if you are in a trade league, a league with trades, and you <laughs> get some good Mondesi news sometime soon, like, hey, Mondesi's going to swing the bat because this is an oblique injury and these things – Kid linger, linger, linger. And all of a sudden, um, it's uh, two weeks after he's returned and he's back on the IL again. So when you get some good news, here's my tip for anyone who is ready to move on from Odyssey. Get some good news. Hear it. See it. Quote Tra- that tweet. Trade it. <laughs> trade it immediately. 60 cents on the dollar. 60 cents on the dollar. Go get yourself somebody who can steal some bases um, and uh, who's going to give you a better batting average. That's, that's what I have to say about Modesty. Tribe has spoken. There it is. <laughs> That is the final word on Alberto Mondesi. Of course, no drop is more appropriate for Mondesi talk than this one. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. That's- you also got to frame it with Mondesi when you're making that trade that this is a third-round talent. Mm. You have to sell every particular about your player. You can't be... Don't half-ass yourself. I appreciate the fact what you're saying there. In fact, I don't really... I wouldn't want to sell myself short you always sell high. You don't sell low either. That's the problem. So you want Bonacy to be good, like you said, and then you sell his ass when uh, he's at the height of his value. Maximize opportunity and return, right? Sure. Or, but you wouldn't. Uh, here's the thing. I don't, I, don't, I don't totally disagree, but what I will say is I think that the height is, is super hard to predict with Bonacy. He's such a streaky hitter. I mean, even in this, even last season, take 2020, the shortest season that we could possibly imagine. He had like, he was two-faced. Yeah, he was two-faced. 120 hitter for like eight weeks and then like a 400 hitter for four weeks. And so, you know, how do you know when that 400 streak is going to come? You don't. So now I think you can use some just some good injury news to get somebody else as hyped as you were about him on draft day and, mm-hmm. you know, and and get yourself some uh, somebody who's actually going to be able to, to play. Sorry, Aldebarto. I, I wish you the best. Yeah. I hope you get back. I do. It's okay. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. These things happen. Uh, real quickly, there's other people who could be making a comeback longer term. Jared Klenick, we mentioned. Wander Franco. Actually, with Chris Paddock going on the IL, what is the likelihood of Mr. Mackenzie Gore making a debut for the Padres, Aaron? 
I mean, they, they went out and spent, <laughs> they went out and just tried to bulk up as many pitchers as they could almost. You would think if they, I know they wanted to beat the Dodgers heads up and this was like an arms race between them and Los Angeles. Uh, and that's why they just went out and just got every pitcher that they could possibly get. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, obviously a super talented player, but if he was, I just had this in the back of my head. If they really believe that this guy could come up to the big leagues and perform this year, then why go out and get all these other guys? So maybe there's some trepidation about, uh, you know, his command. Uh, he's like a big, long, lanky guy, right? So repeating his delivery, he's had issues with that in the past. And yeah. so, um, I, again, in a, in a solo league, a one, uh, one league only uh, just this season, I think Mackenzie Gore is a total afterthought. Anything you get from him would be total, total gravy this year. Yeah, I don't like the things I'm hearing everywhere. <laughs> I don't know if it's smoke or what. They're trying to mess with my minds. We're playing mind games. My mom's playing tricks on me. That's a great 90s song right there. Ghetto Boys. Love the Ghetto Boys. But Mackenzie Gore might not be everything he's being cracked up to be. And I want to let people know, as we close out Return of the Mac... Luke Voigt is ready to go. It looks like Luke Voigt could be back by like Monday. He's playing with uh, one of the minor league affiliates. Taking, He's swinging the bat. He's actively hitting batting practice. So it looks like no later, no later than next week. In fact, for daily lineups next week, I think he's going to be a part of the Yankees, which is good news. That's awesome because Jay Bruce totally bombed and failed. He was so bad he retired from baseball. <laughs> he Apparently yeah. he's blaming it on the shift. Oh, that's kind the of a shift. cop out. Ruined be a his baby. Career. Come on, Jay Bruce. Quit being You're a major baby. league player. Just did it the other way. Yeah. Move this man. Move! Maybe he couldn't take the negativity, the booing. Yeah, maybe that bothered him. I know uh, Francisco Lindor seems to, you know, tough it out. He gets booed a lot recently, and you know it's part of the game. It happens. And I think in the long term, though, you just gotta have a steady Eddie mind. I was watching, uh, you know, when I downloaded some of these audio clips, I was watching a George Kell because we, George Kell was a local announcer for us, Aaron, growing up. He's also a Hall of Fame baseball player, by the way. Huh. I don't, do you know who George Kell is? Uh, let me know. Tell me who George Kell is. <laughs> See, uh, it's interesting. George Kell was a Hall of Famer. He played for the Tigers and he became an announcer. He's from Arkansas. Uh, he's a second baseman. He played in like the 50s and stuff. So he died in 2009. He's been dead for a while. But. He was talking with Alan Trammell pregame in the early 90s, and Alan Trammell was talking about the consistency of his mindset. And this was in 93. Alan Trammell was older. His career was almost over. But he said every day, whether we're winning or we're losing, he was really, really honestly and genuinely saying that he has the same attitude every day. And I, I actually respected that. I was like, wow, you know what? That's, that's tough to do, especially in an up-and-down game like baseball with so many swings. That's a really challenging thing to pull off, isn't it? That's how you play for 20 years. I guess so. Yeah, that's a good point. So at any rate, just thought of that. Sorry, Jay Bruce, it didn't go your way. It's okay. You're listening to the Hands Rico Blanto Fantasy Baseball Podcast, which is part of the Rota Fanatic Podcast Network. You can go to rotafanatic.com right now. You type it in your browser, and you bookmark it, and you save the page, and that way you'll have everything you need to know about David Peterson. That's right. Paul Momino's latest GPS report breaks down David Peterson. What's going on inside of there? Is there some goodies within his grand bag? I think Aaron would be interested in this, especially since he's a Mets fan, right? Uh, I, I I read Paul Mamino stuff all the time, so um, I'm not oh. uh, I'm not just a Mets fan. I'm a Mamino man. man. Yeah, Mamino <laughs> man. 
Excellent work. He does do excellent work. You need to go check out his stuff for sure. Dude, we got to get a t-shirt with Paul's face on it and just says, I'm a Mamino man. Or just Mamino man. That's perfect. That's, that's, I love that. I'm Mamino man. He could be a whole character. Well, next time we have him on the pod, we'll do a segment, the Mamino man. You know what's funny about life is right now, Paul has no idea that three bozos are on the internet talking <laughs> right. about him right. in this way. <laughs> and like picturing him like, you're picturing him in like a cape, right? Is that what I'm, is that what I'm hearing sure. from you? Sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Paul really is great. That GPS report always focuses on one pitcher each week. So it goes into great detail on his pitch location and hey, how don't he's... Eat and don't eat that. That's right. Bad dog. No, bad dog. But the GPS report is about pitch location and WOBA and talking pitch counts and where, heat maps, really good stuff. So I strongly recommend it. We also do schedule factors, bullpen stuff. Sorry, Aaron. Yeah, I know we're, you know, you got to have a rival out there. But Mr. Dr. Mike Carter puts out closing remarks every Sunday to help you with your bullpen issues. And you don't want to miss that. All available at rotofanatic.com. Mike Carter, so good. We had him on bullpen games. We saved episode 42, the greatest number in the history of closers. Episode 42. We saved that one for Mike Carter. People love Mike Carter. All these people are so lovable. Great call. Number awesome. 42. Wow, that's like that's like a big compliment. All right. It's been a long time coming, as Ernie likes to say. It's uh what does Ernie say? Is it long gone? Is that how he said it? That one is long, long gone. gone. Well, it's been a long, gone time coming, but we're finally doing it. Enrico's Inquisition. Here we go. Are you ready, Aaron? Yes. Would you prefer to deal with a manipulative person or a callous person? Wow, this is deep. Deep into my psyche. Alan Trammell or Lou Whitaker? Oh, I knew you were going to hit me with that. The 1988 Dodgers or the 2020 Dodgers? Oh, the 1988, by far. It was the happiest moment like of my sports life. That was my first gut moment. Oh, oh Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. Oh, yeah. Man, I am so happy to be doing this segment again. It's been a while, long overdue, and we're talking live here with Aaron. Aaron, I always feel like I say your name wrong, but it really it's Aaron Pags, right? It really is Aaron Pags. Just everyone, just calls, everyone just calls me Pags. You can call me Pags. You can call it me doesn't Aaron. flow off my tongue properly. Pags. It's an interesting last name. Like, I've never, I've never heard of somebody with this last name. This is not cool. my last name. Well, okay. And this is my, oh. this is my, this, my last name is, my last name is much harder to say. So let's start there. We'll start before we get to the Inquisition. I'll, I'll inquisish myself. Yeah, sure. You're Pag- inquisitively curious yeah, by yourself. Inquisitively yeah, inquisitively curious. Pagliaro. Ah. Oh, like the old uh, baseball player. Pagliarulio. Pagliarulio. Yeah, it's not similar, similar, but Pagliaro. Yeah. Pagliaro. So not as easy to say, spell, you know, kind of not right succinct when you're writing an article <laughs> and you want someone to you know succinctly know who you are you iron pegs everyone calls me pegs everyone calls you know that just kind of stuck with me since i was like three four three. <laughs> hey that's fantastic man very very cool um, gotta tell you pegs started growing me I, I totally didn't understand it but now 
One minute later, I'm changing my mind. That's life. Life is so goofy. But it's not about me. It's about Aaron here. We're inside Enrico's Inquisition. Aaron, favorite artist, favorite musical artist. Do you have a few or is there one that stands out for all time? You can give a couple if you want. Um, I, what would I, who would I listen to if I had to listen to one uh, person forever? Um, it would be probably the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, big Ooh. love the pumpkins. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because my musical taste kind of goes. Uh, it takes very crazy turns. Um, when I was the focused on becoming a registered nurse, it's tough to listen to Smashing Pumpkins and Corn <laughs> and uh, System of a Down in your headset when you're trying to learn, you know, like anatomy and physiology. It, it, just too much noise. There's too much noise in the, in your head. So uh, I actually just kind of listened to classical music and I t got turned on to music without words just in general so you know um, versions instrumental versions of any type of music became something that I found really interesting like you don't need I didn't need to have the words to the songs to enjoy the music and uh, so I would say I'm a big fan of just bands in general but if I had to pick some bands like a handful of bands it would probably be like corn. And, uh, you know, corn's a little hard, but, you know, Smashing Pumpkins. Awesome. Kind of that, that feel. You know, I'm a huge fan of the Explosions in the Sky. And they're instrumental. They don't have vocals. But go. that whole scene, you should, if you're not familiar with it, I'm consider not checking it out. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. It's called, stuff. yeah, they, they call What's it, it post-rock, if you okay. want a genre title. Post-rock, basically. Explosions in the Sky, uh... Jeez, there's so many. Sigur Rose. Um, Amazing. What else is there? Yeah, there's See, a whole bunch of stuff. You'd probably you come on that. a fantasy baseball podcast and you are pointed in the direction that your musical uh, likes are. That's awesome. Yeah, I can give you a whole list of it. I'll, I'll send you some more. Seriously, there's, there's just there's a lot of great stuff. I got into that stuff about 10 years ago. And Spoles of the Sky, one of my favorite bands ever. They did the soundtrack for Friday Night Lights, the original mm -hmm. movie. They're from Texas. and uh, It's good stuff. Great stuff. No vocals required to make it. It's really fun to listen to. Yeah. All right, there it is. Well, we got some of that off our chest. That's it. Segment over. All right, we're moving on. No, just kidding. We're not moving Aaron, this is the official fantasy baseball podcast of Russell Crowe. So we must know if you had to choose Master and Commander the movie or Survivor the TV show. Oh. Man, I'm a sucker for such bad TV, too. And it's only because... You know, here's the truth about it is... Um, I get... I love seeing... Fake realness. Does that make some sense to you? Uh, I love seeing people try to appear like they're being in a real situation... Similar to Survivor, <laughs> the television show. Um, and, uh, and, like, will they um, blow their cover as like really poor actors and actresses versus uh you know things like that so i i tend to i tend to like see and delist things a lot more than i do like the classics um man what 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 are your guys thoughts on 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 um on those crap those crap actors I, no no offense to those actors it's not about us. It's about you, dude. Yeah. You're in Rico's yeah. Lots of pressure here. That they'll any, over my head. Any vote for a survivor is a vote for Doug Ishikawa. Like, that's his team right there. Yeah, that's true. Doug appreciates that greatly. So if you're voting for survivor, Doug Ishikawa, you're in good company with Doug. Thank you. I prefer Master I Commander that. because I don't like reality TV. I think it's trash. 
I've never understood it. I know it's fake. I've literally seen, I've, I've told the story before. I was in the Dominican Republic. I saw the survivor boat, this jet boat that said survivor on it. On the in the Dominican Republic, it seems like they're in the middle of nowhere, but there was a super swanky, like beautiful neighborhood right around the corner. So, you know, it's all bullshit. Let me help you. You know that you're watching. You're, you're yeah, you're watching it all wrong. You you have to watch it the other way. You have to watch it like you know that it's fake. Don't don't watch it like you think that they're trying to pawn it off as real. And you <laughs> watch the first episode of like the Great Baking Championships or whatever, and you sit down. I sit down <laughs> with my wife, and I say she's the one who's going to win because she's the prettiest and she's, you know, like she just looks like the actress that they want to have on their TV show that's going to run for like six more months after the show. Huh. Hey, I'll take your Different way to it. watch. Different yes. way to watch bad TV. I, I, I get why people watch it. It's just like guilty pleasure garbage trash. Yeah. And there was probably certainly a time about a decade ago where I'd, I'd check into stuff like that. Not so much anymore. Now, now there's just too much on all these streaming platforms where it's just like, I try to do this, watch a new movie every night that I've never seen before. So like, that's like what I've been doing for like months now. Oh, there you go. Now you're speaking my language. But hey, this is about Aaron. We're talking with Aaron Pags here. Inside Enrico's Inquisition. It's been a long time since we did this. I'm a little rusty with it, but we always ask this one and we amended it when we talked to SP Streamer. Speaking of Doug. Michael Simeon came on the podcast, and he was pissed because we forgot to add one of his favorite pitches to our question, which used to be sliders or curveballs. But now it's sliders or curveballs or change-ups, thanks to Michael. So what do you got? Which one do you prefer of the three? Wow. Um, I'm a fan of the old-school old curveball, uh, mostly because it looks cooler than all the rest. Unless your name's Devin Williams, of course, his change-up looks, like, ridiculous, right? Um, or you are, uh, can't Kenley, Kenley Jansen throw like a 96 mile an hour slider or something this year? Like something ridiculous where it didn't even look like it was right. It took like a hard oh. turn to the left. Was that a cutter? Uh, uh yeah, it, it was sure. a cutter. I think it was yeah, debate it about it, yeah. yeah. And like, uh, so, but the curveball just looks so cool. Uh, the curveball also gives me nightmares as a Mets fan. Again, I'm a long, long suffering Mets fan. And Nate takes the shot at me every single chance he gets. Nate, Markham, I know you're listening and you're thinking right now about that time when uh in 2006 when carlos beltran stood there and watched adam wainwright drop the curveball from nowhere to end the season and he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by struck him off something like that yeah so respect for curveballs um and uh and they look and they just look prettier than the other two pitchers they're awesome to watch yeah, I love Nate, by the way. Nate's a great guy. Shout out to him. I just shouted him as you shouted him. So he's shouted. But Nate's a really cool dude. He's always been very supportive and kind and a friendly dude online. So good job, Nate. Keep it up. Rico's Inquisition. What will he ask next? I've asked so many things over the years to different people. Not over the years. It's still it's only been like a year since we've done this segment. But I got to ask you, which way does the toilet paper go? down or up if you need to run to your bathroom to go look go ahead Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> i i know that my wife Alyssa will be watching this at some point until they're listening one of the two things she's gonna say it goes it. it goes neither way because i never put because <laughs> i never put the toilet paper back on when i'm finished um classic which, husband mistake we classic husband that. mistake we have the do y'all have the roll like right there on the wall next to you, or do you got the thing in front of you where they stack the toilet papers up and then you can just slide it on? Like, which one do you have? Mine's on the wall right next to me. Wall, theory. 
Mine's on the wall, like across from me, but oh, I never, like, I never put it like in the spool. I just put it on top of the spool. Fantastic. We have like a cylinder that just sits right on the yeah. floor, right near you, so you can get like four or five rolls in there. Um, so when I take that roll out, whichever I grab it with my right hand, whichever way the roll is facing, that's the way I put it on. And so it may be down sometimes, maybe up other times. I believe that if I had to choose my preference, I would choose. Um, paper side coming out of the top, not the bottom. If that okay. makes sense. No, but it's pull not pull that down, important. not pull up. Pull down, not pull up. But it's not a big deal to me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a, that's a respectable answer. I can live with that. I can understand your point of view. And I also don't care either. I really don't have a preference. Some people are really anal about it, but I just mm. could care less. Oh, nice. Nice use of anal right there. That was sweet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That is why you are the best podcast in the business, man. You just oh, crushed good God. Those, those four-letter words that you sneak in there. Just... <laughs> good God. Hey, uh, Chevy or Ford? Um, Ford. My grandfather worked on the Ford assembly line uh, in Mawa, New Jersey for a very long time. And, uh, yeah, so Ford for sure. Shout out my grandpa. Still still kicking 82. <laughs> Shout out, Gramps. He's not listening. He doesn't know what the internet is. No. no but we love you still. Yeah, the love is still real. It doesn't matter if he doesn't know it or not. What I know is that Ford and Chevy, it just never mattered to me. Deary, did you ever care about that? We both grew up in Detroit, but I could care less. Yeah, I didn't care. I mean, I, I think, like, the people in Detroit that cared is was, like, based on, like, what truck you owned. I think I've owned both it, during my life, but, like, it never mattered. I mean, I would afford right now, but like, I and mean, so does my wife. But it's not like, oh, we got that like Ford sticker on the back of our car. I think it's, I think it's the people that like care about like the trucks that they own. But yeah, trucks shit. are big. Yeah, there's a big debate about F-150s and Silverados. That's where people get pissed. Those truck people because they're more hardcore. But uh, globalization changed everything. You know, from the '90s on, it doesn't matter anymore. It used to be around here, Aaron, in the Motor City area. You drove, you know american made but by the time we were 10 years old that was already dying so it doesn't mean anything now because everybody knows that all the companies have sold everybody out so we all know the truth you're inside rico's inquisition i love enrico's inquisition it's such a fun place to be it's the kind of place where we ask questions to our guests it's been a while since we had a guest we're talking with aaron pags here make sure you're following him at fantasy triage t-r-i-a-g-e in case you're wondering how to spell triage uh, would you rather do a catheter or change out a bedpan? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I gotta try to keep this as clean as I can. Um, I, I, I would, I, I abhor bedpans. I think it's very odd that we. I try my best. I will pick up a paralyzed human and put them on a toilet so they're sitting upright. I, I despise rolling someone onto their own uh, waist. So, yeah. um, uh, putting, a ca- inserting a, a Foley catheter, um, into someone is, um, quite an experience for everyone and, um, some more difficult than others. Uh, it's not kind of like a one size and, and, uh, or, you know, one, <laughs> it was not like you, you, you need some tricks sometimes to, uh, you would think you just go like, uh, you know, yeah. insert and go and, and, and that's all there is to it. Uh, Man, I've had some pretty challenging episodes um, trying to insert Foley catheters, but I, I, I think that I think we have to come up with something better than a bedpan. I've been screaming this for years. Like, why would huh. someone want to roll onto 
like a box that they're gonna put. like it's like uh, oh, I don't know and there's not even like kitty litter in there or anything like it just <laughs> lays in a plastic bin full of human waste <laughs> underneath them and then they have to like press a little button and everyone knows that they're done and then you gotta, like go over and like roll them off their own waste and you know um, I, I'm I'm very happy to assist every time I can to get um, that person up out of bed and onto uh, you know a plastic toilet that might be right next to them but much more humane Aaron, you invent this new contraption to replace the bedpan. You you could become a millionaire. Yeah, I, I thought of all different ways, like having a hole in the bed. I, we thought, I mean, what I mean, we think about these things all the time. They have some crazy inventions. You, I mean, I, you guys think this is? A, I'm going to tell you about an invention that you're going to have to Google. It's called the uh, I think it's I think it's called the Pure Wick. I'm pretty sure it's called the Pure Wick. It is mm-hmm. a it is a like a, a foam banana that gets hooked up to suction. And then a female, you can like kind of just put it on like a female where they would where they would pee, and it just the suction kind of holds it, and it actually keeps them from like wetting themselves. So like an older, you know, like an older female patient who has to you know, maybe surgery can't get up, a hip surgery or something like that, and like it has saved so many like sores. I mean these bed sores that people get from being in like moisture and stuff like that. And it's the craziest, coolest inventions. Some of these medical inventions are just amazing. What's it called? It's called. I think it's called the Pure Wick. I'm pretty hmm. something like that. Pure Wick. It's like a suction device. Yeah, that, Pure uh, Wick urinary system. There you go. Yeah. You know, this is really bullshit. Cool. I've watched 16 seasons of Grey's Anatomy. You've never and seen, seen this Wick. once. Yeah, you've never seen a Pure Wick. <laughs> yeah, it's Pure Wick urine. Pure Wick urine collection system. How did we get here in the Inquisition? Pure Wick urine collection system for women. Okay, cool. We'll see. Now we learned something cool. Is it harder to do a catheter for a man or a woman, or does it not matter? Woman, by a lot. Um, but uh, shout out some men that uh, um, are are uh, um, sheesh, that uh, the the, uh, the the anatomy has left the front yard and is headed towards the backyard, and uh, that makes it a little bit more difficult. You, huh. you know, uh, you know when you can't when the turtle is in its shell. Ah, um, yes. It's, uh, it's, That's it's a kind, challenging. You, you're aiming, you're kind of going totally blind, to be honest with you. And you're just like, <laughs> uh... That's not a... That's just... Nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> Those aren't buoys! Uh, <laughs> would you rather be stabbed or arrested? <laughs> wow. This is a new one. This is, this is off the wall. Um, I would... I, Jeez, I would... I think I would much rather be arrested although that may last longer much longer than a stab wound true um, I didn't, you know yeah some there are there are some stabs that you wouldn't think were that dangerous that could be like super 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 dangerous if you're not uh <laughs> getting medical attention very quickly so i, I think I'll, it depends I'll where you're getting stabbed here yeah of course but all yeah. you know no no details given just strictly stabbed versus arrested i'll, I'll take the uh the, the arrest where's the best place to get stabbed in terms of you having a long life afterwards and a quick recovery, like your That's toe or your finger, in uh, your hands, your hands are great. Uh, you know they they where the best place to not get stabbed is anywhere from like your waist yeah. to the top of your head. Uh, don't okay. get stabbed in that region. You can get stabbed pretty much anywhere else, but there are so many um, vital pieces of equipment that you have in your body that are in like this two foot, two and a half foot, three foot square. Mm-hmm. That you just can't have stabbed um, again. Like I said, we, I worked in trauma for a long time, so saw. I mean, just very various stab wounds. I've, I, you know, and people who get stabbed like thirty-seven times in their arms are okay. They probably go home. 
Uh, but the per- but that one person who gets mm-hmm. stabbed that like one random time that hits them like kind of like in their upper shoulder, and it happened to nick like the you know uh, I don't know but the the aortic arch that you know you didn't even realize was like sitting like right up here in your clavicle you know that that's really bad. So <laughs> this is amazing information we're getting on this Inquisition. This is incredible. Yeah, we're really learning a thing or two. Thank you so much, Aaron. Aortic arches. Wow. Don't get arrested. Get stabbed in your hands. Yes. yes. This is valuable information for all of you out there. We have a very varied, varied community of listeners, so you never know who's listening. Finally. And it's been a long time, but it's good to finally ask this question once more. For love or money? Does anyone pick money? There's there's no feeling quite like um, knowing that that you love something, whatever that is, that feeling of like truly loving something, which um, I hope everyone gets to experience. And I've had the privilege in the last like, uh, let's see, what year is it? 2021, the last four years, I've had the privilege of experiencing that on three separate occasions. Once when I married my beautiful wife, Alyssa, once when I, we had our first son, Tucker, and once seven weeks ago when we had our second son, Henry, there's no feeling like seeing uh, something and just looking at that person knowing that, you know, that you have that feeling. That that feeling is um, it's indescribable and it's unmatched by any amount of money, for sure. Beautiful. Uh, that was fantastic. What a beautiful response. That's probably the best response we've had since uh, Michael Richards was on the show earlier this year talking about love well done and people do pick money aaron they certainly do it's been done we have the tape to prove it you can go back to listen to old episodes with a lot of guests we had in the off season and people there's you know brian seymour is a good example of a guy that was very clearly i think he said money quite clearly didn't he Jerry? there's been a few even people that are madly in love they they still have gone with money but they have good they have good reasons yes they do well, that was great, man. You passed with flying colors. It was so great to be back in the Inquisitional Zone. I am Michael Govier at MJ Govier. G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter. And he's Christopher Deary, C. Deary, 1999. Deary, as in dearly beloved. Shout out to Yancey, who really made that happen to begin with. Well, you know, that was established before Yancey ever came on our podcast. That was our, like, hashtag for our wedding. Oh, I missed that one. I was yeah. kind of I, yeah. Wow, and then when cool. we and then when we were introduced at the wedding, we came out to Prince's "Let's Go Crazy." Oh, I do remember that. Yes, that's right. I just uh, missed the hashtag rollout on the wedding. That's my fault. So I wasn't as active on Twitter back then, but now I am. Now I dedicate my life to Twitter every day. Thank you, Twitter. All right, let's talk more fantasy baseball. It's time to play a game we call Bullpen Bingo. How the hell do you play bullpen bingo? Well, it's real simple. When you play bingo, you need to get a bingo to win, right? So, B-I-N-G-O. But, uh, you know, we don't really have game pieces, so we're not really going to play bingo as you would think. Oh, man. Really? Well, I mean. I was excited. I don't. What do you want me? I could call off (laughs) letters and numbers for a while here. It's fine. You could imaginarily just throw things out. You know, if we had done this better, we probably could have come up with a really cool game. But we're calling a bullpen bingo basically so we could talk about bullpens. There is a state of crisis going on right now. Aaron Pags knows bullpens quite well because you can listen to the show, Bullpen Games, right? 
Of course, tune in. Uh, we're on Apple Pods, everywhere you can find podcasts. Um, and we also have a YouTube channel just like uh, the uh, Roto Fanatic Podcast Network and Enrico Palazzo Podcast. Um, you can find us on YouTube, Bullpen Games. We post all of our, you know, all of our shows. And before I forget to mention this, because I always forget to mention this, every single Sunday, Fab in Five, five minutes of Fab advice. You only need to invest five minutes of your time. Nate and I will give you our best Fab um, players to add to your relief pitching cores every single Sunday. So we give you four players, two that we really love, two that we want to speculate on, and it only takes five minutes, and we'll let you know like what kind of percentages you're looking at or if you should use your top waiver wire and what you can expect from those guys. So every single Sunday we, we put out a, a five-minute little mini cast. Does that come out at the same time? It comes out every single Sunday, so typically it'll be out like Sunday morning. You know, Apple Pods is a little funky with their uh, with their timing on, on certain times. So a lot of shout out Apple Pods, we love you. You guys are great, but uh, you know sometimes it tastes a little. Boo this man! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, shout out Apple. I'm not having that because Apple Pods is the devil. If you get a four star rating, it's a shitty rating. It just doesn't make any I know, sense. It's so I know, stupid. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The Welsh and uh, Mason were talking about that in the pod that I referenced at the beginning of the show. Yeah. We're talking about these. They, Deary, they did some amazing stuff. I never even considered this. Then again, we started our podcast during a COVID epidemic, but they said they would take people's phones at gatherings and go on their Apple podcast and do a rating of their show or download, <laughs> seriously, or download the show brilliant. on their phones. It's yeah. a great idea. Brilliant. Uh, the, I think the Welsh said that or Mason said that, and the other one agreed that, like, oh, yeah, that's a classic. Like, wow. Oh that's man, pretty... with all the people we know, like in the bar industry, like when bars pick back up, like yes. I'm gonna start like paying a couple bucks, like to all the bartenders I know in Ann Arbor, and be like, hey, everyone that's sitting at your bar, just get 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 their phone and, and give that. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I feel like everybody has a pin. Right, you have a pin on your phone, right, Aaron? I do. Well, you know, they've got facial recognition and thumb prints oh, and all yeah. those things but uh yeah so they might be a little bit harder to get into someone's phone with the facial thing but i guess it might be easier you just turn it around point at them and, and it's it. true welsh and mason are very old yeah they are this <laughs> probably happened decades ago before the internet but uh just print up a flyer <laughs> to hand out to people <laughs> hey here's my flyer come see my band get a long right, sign <laughs> we're talking bullpens here so you put some names on here to spell bingo so he actually did a really clever thing on the document if you could see our show sheet Aaron put a name for every letter of bingo. And the first one's Matt Barnes. B is in Barnes. <sighs> How long is it until Matt Barnes is no longer the closer? Two weeks? I um I, I think I'm uh the exact I think I feel the exact opposite way as, as you do about Matt Barnes. I think that Matt Barnes has um a lot to gain from being the closer this year. He's gonna be a free agent next season. Um he He's on a an improved Boston team, you know, last year. I mean, we throw last year out, so I don't know why we say yeah. improved team, but, Trash. you know, uh, just as good as a, as 2019 uh, Boston squad. And uh, he's going to have plenty of opportunities. Adam Adovino is the guy who most people would think is going to press Barnes for some save opportunities. But Adovino hasn't been great in the ninth inning in his career. He walks too many guys. And um, so I don't think that he's going to press Barnes. Barnes has been... I mean, if you want to talk about a reliever, he was his ADP. He was the 33rd reliever on average drafted in um, in all of fantasy leagues. And in his 13 appearances so far, six saves, a 50-50% K rate. And and that is that seems like it can't last, but he's got a 20% swinging strike rate. So that's almost in line with what you want to see. You about double your swinging strike rate. And 
you just keep going and you just find like where am i going to find the thing that he's getting lucky at you look at the peripherals like we all do this when you see someone who's having a really monster year or a really bad season good start bad start in april 1.07 sierra his in zone contact is at seven is at 75 percent so you know that's that's very good and only six percent walk so he might have changed something he might be throwing a little a few more strikes than he has because he's like a, usually like a 12 to 14 percent walk guy so he's attacking wait, 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 wait. one second here let's go back to in zone yeah. contact so you said it was 75 percent his in zone contact is at 75 percent right now so what's the so, league average about 80 right so it's about 80 okay. so he's not beating the league average by like the world so it's not like he's you know, uh, just this monster. Like he's got a fifty percent in zone contact rate, and it's going to catch up to him at some point because guys are going to be m- make more contact on his pitches in the zone. So he's attacking the zone. He's not walking anyone. His six percent um, walk rate is much better than it has ever been. And mm-hmm. by even when he's throwing pitches in the zone, they're not making contact above league average. Right, just a little bit, slightly below league average. And then he's getting swinging swinging strikes at twenty percent clip. So there's some really good peripherals that back up what Matt Barnes has already done this season. And you you got him on the real cheap, you know, thirty third reliever off the board, um, in in your fantasy league. So he's been he's oh man he's been like a, the relief. I guess he'd be like the relief pitcher of April if you really had to like nail it down. He's been so so good out outperforming what his cost was and having you know some good peripherals that would make you think it's going to carry at least into the summertime. Yeah, I, I think two things have ended up happening. One, he only has three walks right now through 14 innings. That's been his bugaboo for, you know, ever since he was kind of the setup man in Boston. And people didn't expect to be Boston to be as competitive as they are. They're first place in the division right now. They're playing really, really well. And to your point with Adovino, people are thinking Adovino is going to come over and maybe, you know, take over that closer role. But he's having a problem with walks and he's not been great. And the guy who's been really, really good outside of Barnes in the bullpen has been Garrett Whitlock, but <gasps> even even if Barnes starts to stumble, I don't think they're going to rush to give a rookie a chance to to take over those that that role in the ninth inning. So I think it's Matt Barnes's role, and it's going to be his role for the rest of the season, even if he does have have some hiccups coming up. So he's going to end up being a top ten closer by the end of the year, even if he does start to fall apart a little bit. You know what he's saying right now? It's going to be May gonna be him he's very confident that was a fantastic dose of information one thing you didn't point out though aaron and i gotta call you out on it i'm sorry you didn't mention the fact that whenever we talk about matt burns the reliever nobody ever mentions matt barnes the basketball player i instantly think of matt barnes the basketball player in that you see a guy with all the tattoos right yeah yeah, (laughs) okay uh, what did he, he bang somebody's girlfriend or something? Then somebody got pissed off in the Clippers. I remember there was a bunch of drama back. Yeah, there in that was like Clipper a fight on the court over over like a, a, a woman, right? Wasn't there? Yeah, he's there famous was. for that, and also like trying to like get Kobe to flinch when he took the ball and like pushed it right oh, up in his face. Yeah. And Kobe just didn't even move. Yeah, what a. I wonder if he regrets that now. Oh, all's fair in love and competition, I suppose. But I just always think Matt Barnes. Every time we talk Matt Barnes, hmm. I got Matt Barnes' scrawny body in my face. I, I just I can't get him out of my head. It drives me crazy. But you just made a great case. And I've mentioned this before, but Vlad Sedler, shout out to Vlad, Roto Guy. He's a guy I respect a lot. And he was he had a good tweet preseason that said, friends don't let friends draft Matt Barnes. But right now, the case you've made. And what he's doing on the field looks like he's a bargain. But I think most people, Aaron, think this is ticking time bomb still. They feel like the walks are going to come back, even though everything you just described 
tells us that right now they're not going to be happening. They're not really on the horizon, right? I mean, they very, very well may, of course, you know, may. We, the calendar turns and then all of a sudden, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> they, they, it's going to be May. It may well happen. You're right. Yeah. And the, and the calendar turns and then all of a sudden Matt Barnes remembers that he can't throw a strike. I mean, there's that. Pitchers lose their stuff. And in, uh, man, in the, in the relief pitcher business, it's very hard to uh, throw your eggs behind, you know, throw everything in one basket in April because you're talking about nine, eight, 11, 14 innings pitched. And a lot of these numbers don't quite stabilize until you get to more in the 20 inning range or so. Yeah. But that walk rate is something that stabilizes very, very quickly. That, 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 those numbers, the walks and the K rates, those stabilize very, very, very quickly. So um, look for if he's still continuing at this pace in mid May. I mean, he's the ceilings, he's, you know, got a chance to be RP number one, truthfully. Which is crazy to say today, but it's, he's got the he's got the job on a team that's very good, and he's got the swing and miss stuff that um, those elite top end closers do, and so he could really, honestly, just blow blow away his his thirty third relief pitcher ADP. You know, I, I I'd like to go a deeper dive into it and see not only the teams that he's faced, but more of the batters and part of the lineup that he's faced, and if that might change over the next few months last here. two mean, last two saves right through the middle of the Mets lineup Pete Alonzo JD because nah, you Dominic watched it Smith. yeah watch this I watch it happen <laughs> all right well the next letter in bingo is I B I bingo and you put Ian Kennedy on our list here Ian Kennedy's 36 years old pitcher for the Rangers closing he was a first round pick of the 2006 MLB draft 2006 he's definitely been around for a while uh true or false there's somebody who was drafted in the first round from the 2006 MLB draft that is still playing in the major leagues uh Aaron go first besides Ian Kennedy yes 15 years ago that would make them if they were like 18 that'd make them 33 yeah sure for sure theory hmm I'm gonna say yeah you are both absolutely correct. Well done. Who is it? First overall pick, Luke Hochaver. Hochaver, remember him? Luke Hochaver. Hager. Luke Hochaver? Hochaver. He's still in baseball? No, he's not. Oh, but he oh, was the first geez. overall pick. Uh, the third overall pick was Evan oh, Longoria. Yeah. Yeah, Evan right Longoria. No, there's a couple also, guys. Andrew Miller's yeah. still playing. Clayton, Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw. Hmm. Max Scherzer. To tie this all together, 30th pick of the first round, Adam Adovino of the St. Louis oh, Cardinals. Oh, to bring it back to that Sox bullpen. So, oh, there's a few guys in here. Yeah, there's a lot. Daniel Bard, he came back to baseball last oh, man, year. Remember, so. remember Kyle Drabeck? I do remember Kyle Drabeck. There was a lot of excitement, and things did not quite work out. He's not his father. You, sir, are not your father. Hank Conger. Oh, God, I'm going to get lost in drafts now. Yeah, turn it off. Just turn it off. Anyways, so Ian Kennedy's 36. Uh, is he a relevant closer today, or did you just want to put somebody with the letter I on the list, Aaron? Well, it worked because of the I, right? Um, it did. It absolutely Ian, did. Ian Kennedy, a, a totally undrafted um, fantasy reliever who has, since April 6th, nine innings pitched, only given up two runs, struck out 10, and walked zero. Last mm-hmm. season, um, as in his role as a reliever last year, he pitched 14 innings and gave up seven homers. So both of his mm-hmm. runs so far this year have come via the home run. And in his career, in his long, long big league career, mostly as a starter, Ian Kennedy has given up 255 dongs 
a lot, a lot, a lot of homers. Always had trouble with the home runs. So, uh, man, um, yeah, he's going to uh, he's going to give up his his fair share of homers. The one thing he has going for him is that um, that Rangers bullpen was depleted by injury early, and uh, Matt Bush isn't quite the guy that uh, is going <laughs> to kind of charge him for uh, some saves. Kennedy saved thirty games in twenty nineteen, so he has the experience. Uh, the only guy in that bullpen with any experience. So he has some things going for him. Uh, man, um, I don't roster him in any of my leagues, and I don't recommend you rostering him if you um, have it. <laughs> if you don't have a stomach to watch uh, a one-run game and Ian Kennedy uh, get the last three guys to fly out to the warning track, uh, I would not I would not recommend Ian Kennedy, for sure. <laughs> Ian Kennedy! Man, he just doesn't go away. Five saves already. That means somebody's benefited... With just no value put into it. It was cheap as hell, I'm sure. So congratulations to those people who did that. Deary, do you love Ian Kennedy? Does it make you know it's interesting? Those? I'm looking at some of his stat cast numbers. He's throwing eighty percent fastballs right now, which is clocking in at ninety four miles per hour, but <laughs> like Aaron said, it's fly balls to the warning track and caught. So um yeah, ride the train right now is if he's like your third closer but like it's about to blow up here pretty soon especially in texas once the weather starts heating up we know what happens in that stadium over there so uh be wary of ian kenny but a good eye for bingo bingo b-i-n hector nearest hector nearest he's got a few saves already this year there's been some blow-ups there's been some failed attempts there's also a lot of people in that bullpen archie bradley and jose alvarado and Brandon Kinsler, is he still there? There's so many people there. But Nearest endures and gets the opportunities. Are you bullish on Nearest or not, Aaron? Um, going going into the season, I was I was on Nearest. I watched him in spring training a lot. He was one of the guys I, I wanted to see what he was doing because he was working with a new pitch. He was going to bring in the slider. He threw hard last year. Um, he looked, you know, he looked like he was just missing that that other pitch that could he could kind of play off his uh, split finger. And he really worked hard on throwing the slider all spring long, and the slider looked great. He's thrown one slider this year. <laughs> we haven't um, seen it. <laughs> so we haven't, we, yeah, we haven't seen the slider at all, which is really bizarre. And his fastball's down. It's down like two miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, it's down like two miles per hour. So he's been like the ultimate smoke and mirrors type of closer this year. He hasn't had Don't great Don't be stuff. that guy. Um, just getting people to pound the splitter into the ground every single time out. He gets himself into some trouble. And uh, he finds a way to get a double play or a ball hit right at somebody. So he's been super. I, I mean, I watched. Him. Yeah, we. I watch a lot of guys um, pitch pitch that ninth inning, and um, I watched Nearest really super sweat it out and and somehow come away with the save. So his numbers probably look a lot better than his performance have been. And anytime you see a pitcher who's throwing two miles an hour slower than he did last season. And um, he's getting like extreme ground ball luck. I was in like two outs on every ground ball that he throws. Um, things are, are set to go the other way. Like you mentioned, there's tons of guys in the Philadelphia bullpen. Um, Archie Bradley come back. Jose Alvarado, I don't know that he's quite the answer. He throws really hard, but he throws really straight. And he doesn't throw very many strikes sometimes. And so, uh, man, uh, I I don't know what the I don't know who the next guy will be. I liked I liked Connor Brogdon a little bit. I think he has the best stuff. Stuff not doesn't throw the hardest, but I think he has the best stuff in that bullpen. Um, and so there's just so many options that two blown saves in a row from Naris, and uh, it could turn on a dime, and somebody else gets the job. I think. What about Coonrod? Sam Coonrod. Any interest in him? I mean, he's uh, put up some respectable numbers. 11 innings pitched, 12 Ks, 
So on the surface, it looks like he's keeping things down. 0.73 whip is nice. Yeah, I mean, nice little piece. I think he's like fourth or fifth on the pecking order only because of the guys who have some experience at the back end of bullpens. He doesn't. He was the former giant who, uh, you know, pitched mostly in middle relief and kind of mop up stuff. So um, but there's just too much experience with Kinsler and Bradley and even Alvarado has had some late inning um, stuff with the Rays. And, uh, so I think that uh, he's just too far buried behind guys who will get the opportunity before him. What's the timeline on Bradley right now? That's a, that's a uh, great he's still, question. He's he's getting closer, but as far as I know, uh, no. Because I mean, I have Neris, and I'm terrified. I've watched many of those ninth innings. His swinging strike rate is down five percent. Contact percentage is at a career high seventy two percent. And Aaron made a great point. Like he lets a guy get on base, and he just, he just gets bailed out by double plays constantly. And what's really concerning is the fact that you know Aaron brought it up. His fastball is down two miles per hour. And he threw this slider a ton in the spring. And would you say, Aaron, a one? One, <laughs> one yeah, so far started, this I think year? he's thrown one slider so, so far. So it's, it's one of these cases where he's got, what, five, six saves right now. But, like, look deeper into those numbers, and it's really, really scary. Like, if you don't watch the Phillies at all, and you're like, all right, yeah, this guy just keeps getting saves for me. But, like, he's gotten really, really lucky. So that's why I asked the question about Bradley, because I think – they brought Bradley in, and they brought Alvarado he in. He hasn't even thrown a bullpen session yet, Yuri. So, yeah, he's uh, a ways away. And they brought Alvarado in to, you know, supplement that bullpen that's been a, atrocious the last three, four years. And Neris has been shaky here and there. He's been lucky this year. But, like, this isn't going to last, especially with some of the, you know, peripherals that we've seen. So that's, that's why I asked about Bradley and... You know, maybe it's one of these things where the Phillies, you know, once Nares does start to fall apart, because I think the Phillies are going to be in the race. No one is running away with the East right now. Um, I think the Braves are 500. Like they're not, they're not, you know, smashing the world right now. And the Phillies, like, I really think the Phillies could be the best team in that division if they could get some back end bullpen help right now. So that's why I asked the question about Bradley, because I'm not sure Nares is going to hold on to this job all year. Bradley threw in the outfield. Uh, hasn't it hasn't like Mike said has not been uh, on a mound since he strained his oblique. So, um, man, you know, no timetable means don't even think about him, right? Yeah. Right now, yeah. no. Maybe we'll see you in the summer, buddy. Archie is a great name too. Who wouldn't want to be called Archie? What a great name that is. You're listening to the Hans Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, which is part of the Road of Fanatic Podcast Network. We're talking with Aaron Pags here at Fantasy Triage on Twitter at Fantasy Triage, host of Bullpen Games, Nate Markham's his pal. Check out Nate, too. I love Nate. He's great. Follow Nate on Twitter. Do it now. Don't make a mistake, and don't do that. The next letter in bingo is G. Garcia. G for Garcia. Yimi! Yimi Garcia of the Miami Marlins. Man, Yimi. Yimi is a pod favorite. He's a Palazzo pod. He's Palazzo pod certified. Uh, he's, wow, I didn't know we did that. Uh, we should talk about going into business on that because I was not aware <laughs> on the business front we certified. Do we have plaques and shit like certificates or? Oh uh, yeah, we're giving Yimmy some Bitcoin here. <laughs> well, Yimmy has been a steal because he was he was drafted more frequently, but way down the list, and people thought it was me, Anthony Bass, coming into the year. Aaron, fortunately, I'm friends with Chris Marr at Baseball Pods. And Baseball Pod Master was telling me all, all, off season long. Yimio Garcia is going to be the guy. And he kept selling me and giving me information on it. And I bought into it. And I've been very grateful for that. I think he doesn't lose this job. He will stay the closer the rest of the year. Do you disagree? And if so, tell me why. No, I don't disagree. But I will say that I 
uh, like many others, were lied straight to our faces by Don Mattingly and the and all of the, the Miami Marlins front office and every person who had something to say about their closers, all their bullpen situation all season, all preseason, all throughout the winter, all throughout the spring. It was Anthony Bass. Bass is our guy. Bass is our guy. He's my closer. He's pitching the ninth inning. I believe in a traditional closer, and I believe that his name is going to be Anthony Bass. That guy struggled for like one week against the Mets. You know, like he had a couple bad outings, and then they just kicked him to the curb. Uh, but Garcia, he did he did a little bit of it last year. Like you said, he was total. I mean, he was not, not a total afterthought. The fifty seventh reliever drafted um, in in fantasy drafts this year. He took the job after that first week struggles by Bass, and he just hasn't looked back. Talk about fastball velocity. His is up. Up a mile per hour this year. Um, his uh, shout, uh, Alex Fast and Nick Pollock, his CSW percent at 30, which is super, super good. Very solid. Um, I don't think he's a K guy, though, because his swinging strike rate is only about 11 percentish somewhere in there. So um, that 30 percent K rate that you got last season from him, uh, that shortened season, I think, was just a, an, a anomaly in the short season for a reliever. So don't expect him to be like one of these really high K guys, but expect him to be the guy. Yes, Govier, the guy. No one else is taking the shot back. It's not going to be Bass again. Uh, it's yes. not going to be Jordan Holloway. It's not going to be John Curtis. It's not going to be Richard Blyer. It's not. It, it, none of those names are going to take this job away from from Yimmy Garcia. Yay, Deary! Any challenges to that? No, and I think that K rate does bump up a little bit. It's not going to go above thirty percent, but it it's going to but it's going to be higher than what it is right now. It's it's close to a career low. But what's really encouraging is the fact that he's shut down every single chance he's had. And yeah, maybe we were a little lied to early on. I did get some shares of Yumi because I did not believe in Anthony Bass at the start of the season, and I am reaping those rewards right now. Yeah, in my home league, I picked up or drafted Yimi Garcia like the first day of the season. But then I dropped him a couple days later because I was still uncertain and now I don't have him. So in my home league, I look like a loser. And that's where you really have the most pressure because people are like, oh, you're an industry guy now. And they give you a lot of shit. It's like, <laughs> I'm just a guy still. I mean, I'm going to make mistakes. I don't know everything, but I don't know. we're, we're betting on human beings here. Yeah. Real human beings. All right. So Finally, N B I N G. No, oh, B I N G O. <laughs> oh, as in Orioles, as in Cesar Valdez. Well played. I like how you did that, Aaron. Aaron came up with that all by himself. None of us did that except Aaron, sole proprietor of that wonderful idea. He's a 36 year old man, a journeyman, Valdez. I. I thought this would be over already, but it's still technically going on. Uh, could we expect this through the rest of May? I, I, this is the question I have um, for everyone who talks about Valdez. If he throws his changeup, which he does, 81% of the time, and his fastball, 6% of the time, isn't his changeup his fastball, <laughs> and his fastball is his changeup, right? Wow, mind By blown. Check, yeah, you, yeah, that would that checks out generally. Like, does the changeup have to be slower than the fastball? His changeup <laughs> is like 74 miles an hour, and his fastball is like 83. So the fast up. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's such a, I mean, it's such an interesting pitcher to watch. He's got on the changeup that everyone knows is coming. Everyone who gets in the batter's box knows it's coming in the seventies. Yeah. He's got a 35% whiff rate on that pitch. Wow. It's crazy. But like, even when they hit it, they pound it into the ground. His, his average launch angle is like uh three degrees 
on the change. Yeah, master of deception or something. I mean, what's going on? Here? I mean, he has been around, so he's probably very tricky. He 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 did this last season in a very short sample that no one realized. We we did bullpens obviously from November. You know, we talked about bullpens in November that no one was talking about, and we had Alex Fast on of um, you know pitcher list, and Alex is a I've huge Orioles, yeah, <laughs> huge huge Orioles fan, and he uh, we we broke down the Orioles bullpen, and the only name that he kept circling back to was Cesar Valdez and this changeup that he calls the dead fish. Because of the dead fish change, and um, Valdez does not Alex Fast. Valdez calls it the dead fish, and uh, seventy-four mile an hour pitch that's getting big leaguers now. It's like the Bugs Bunny scene in Looney Tunes, where like they throw the pitch and it stops like right before the bat gets the batter, and he swings and misses three times, and then it goes by and, and he's out. It's crazy. He doesn't have anything near good stuff, but he <laughs> just gets everyone out every night. I mean, he just blew a save yesterday. So maybe at some point with some more exposure, because he really hasn't thrown that many big league innings. I think he's only up to like 35 big league innings or something like that. It's not very, it's not very many innings. So I think eventually second time he faces this teams, like the second time he has to close out a game against the Yankees, all of a sudden they just like tee off on him. So I, I don't, um, I, I, I don't see this lasting forever. I'm sorry. Uh, Cesar Valdez. I know that you um, have really worked hard to hone your craft in that 80% changeup, but um it, it, it eventually it just turns into the fastball, right? It just turns into the pitch that everyone is waiting to, to hit. I don't know. Dude, this, I'm so glad. This is why I love doing this show. We have just unearthed, or at least for me, it's a whole new experience, understanding what Valdez had under the hood. I honestly hadn't gone that deep into his pitching profile because I never thought it would last. But now that you've brought it up, and I'm looking at his pitch tracking on StatCats, which all of you can do anytime you want, and you're right. It's ridiculous. It's Everything crazy. you just said is true. There's nothing even close to some like some cheddar, some hardcore cheddar coming your way. It's not happening here at all. Do you think you could get in the batting cage and hit 81? Like right now. Like we <laughs> no, we shut no. the podcast down and you know 81's coming. You watch like one go by and then you say, okay, I got the timing. The next one you maybe foul back. I feel like you could get a hit on 81 mile an hour fastball. I don't think it's that hard. You know, this is this is classic. Like in in high school, you got a kid that starts that throws like 85, 86 miles per hour, like a Tanner, Tanner Scott, who's been kind of their setup man, throwing 97. And then you just bring in this slow guy that throws like 62, 63 miles per hour, just hits the bottom of the zone and induces ground balls. That's what's going on with the Orioles right now. Like Tanner Scott's got a really great arm. He throws really hard, but he's got a huge problem with walking guys and putting mm -hmm. people on base. And Valdez isn't doing that right now. Like, is it going to last with Valdez? Probably not, but like, good for him. Like this guy's a, a journeyman, 36 years old, and just now is like breaking through. Like, it's an incredible story. Wow. Damn. Holy shit. Anything that would be exclamatory, I'm saying right now, because this is impressive stuff. Thank you so much, Aaron. I'm really glad we got to talk about Cesar Valdez because I'm going to remember this forever. And even in a two months from now, when Cesar Valdez is a distant memory to the rest of the baseball world, I'm going to remember him forever. Never going to forget Forever. Him. Forever. All right. Thank you. Bingo is done. We finished the bingo hall. It's closed down. Bye, bingo. See you later. Bye-bye. Bingo was fun. We can now talk about cheap players to pick up. So let's go through this quickly. I wanted to give everybody some opportunities to pick up or consider picking up players that have 20% to zero, 20% roster ship or less. 
So it's not 10. Uh, it's not zero. It's not uh, 50%. These are going to be people that are probably ignored by a lot of people, but there is value inherent in these players. So Aaron, we'll go to you first. Give us somebody who is 20% less roster rostered. Is that how we say that? Rostered? Yeah. 20% or less rostered. Who can it be? 16% rostered in Yahoo, Nico Horner of the Chicago Cubs. Um, possibly, you got to check your eligibility for your leagues, but he possibly gets second, third, and shortstop eligibility right now. Um, he's been in the lineup for the Cubs for their last seven straight games. Four doubles, stolen base. He's been on base 48% of the time. He actually, last this past week, got two chances at batting leadoff on Monday and Tuesday. If he can get to the top of that Cubs lineup, you know, with Baez struggling and uh, kind of the Cubs trying to find their way. If Nico Horner can get himself to the top of that lineup with the big bats behind him, I think you've got some super value. And he's only, what did I say, 16% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. Hell yeah, Nico Horner. I, we went, speaking of the tag team league, me and Eric Cross, we went big on Nico Horner in the fab bidding this past weekend. We paid, a, I think, a fair price, like great 80 move. bucks or something. Yeah. That's a great so, move. Great ad. Oh, we, we got... Beat on every damn fab that we ever tried the first couple of weeks of the season. This time we said we're going down swinging, and we got Tyler O'Neill and Nico Horner. And I love Nico Horner. I'm so glad you brought him up. I love, 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 love Nico Horner. He's so undervalued, and he's going to get outfield eligibility soon because they've been putting him out there. And mm-hmm. and Ian Happ struggles continue. It's good news for Nico Horner. Bad news for Ian Happ. Nico Horner started in left field tonight. Ex- see exactly that's what I'm saying. Ian. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, Ian this, this, very disappointing. Uh, Nico Horner should have made the team out of spring. Yes. He really yeah, should have. Yeah, we all know and, the And most, most of, of us thought of it. All of us that were drafting in February, because I, I, I drafted in a couple of my te- of my NFBC leagues that drafted in February, and I was so disappointed that he did not make the team out of camp. But he's there now, and getting left field today, like that's really, really important. If you can get three spots on the infield and the outfield that eligibility might open up here soon. And yeah, Ian Happ, like I have a ton of shares of him and it just hasn't worked out. So it's frustrating, but Nico Horner, he could be the guy now. Yeah. I love it. By the way, Brian K on our live stream comments says Alex Karoloff has hit two bombs tonight. Well, congratulations Ooh, to Mr. Karoloff. Yeah, That's fantastic tonight. news. Uh, Deary, give me a player 20% or less rostered. Yeah, so in Yahoo leagues, Justin Upton is at nineteen percent. This is the last hurrah of Justin Upton. Upton, he'll be thirty-three this, this summer. He's on an eleven-game hit streak right now. The Los Angeles Angels are second in the league in batting average. He's batting usually sixth in that lineup. We obviously know everything that's going to happen ahead of him. Mike Trout's an absolute beast. Otani's been amazing so far. Anthony Rendon is coming back. He's going to get a lot of RBI opportunities. Now, he's going to be streaky. He'll have weeks where he doesn't do anything and he strikes out a bunch. But he's been really, really solid against the slider this year. And I think this is kind of the last hurrah. He stays healthy. A lot of RBI opportunities. He's starting to get picked up in a lot of leagues, especially with this hit streak he has going. But Justin Upton is going to be a really, really nice value as we get into the summer. Mm, I love Justin Upton. He's a fun player. Always has been. Always will be. And I hope maybe there's two years left. But you might be right. Maybe this will be the last hurrah. But if he can DH and still provide pop, then maybe there is life after 2021. For me... I'm going to go with Travis Shaw. He's 14% or less rostered on Yahoo Leagues. And Travis Shaw, sometimes things don't go his way. He could be hit or miss. I won't deny that. But Travis Shaw 
can give you pop at the corner infield spot, which I'm finding in my own personal experience on my leagues. It's difficult to find a lot of corner infielders with depth in, in terms of filling the depth out. And I think Travis Shaw could be a nice plug and play guy that can fill the void for you. If you've got injuries at the corner infield spot, he's usually eligible at first or third base and he's not going to reinvent the wheel or I mean, he's not going to crush it. He's not going to turn your team into world beaters. But I think he's going to play every day because Keston Hira is taking more of a back seat now, even beyond Shaw. Uh, Vogelbach's playing over Hira now. So I don't think Shaw's playing time's in question. So if you want someone that is cheap and you get power and you can rely on corner infield, Travis Shaw is my guy. He's also been betting fourth for them for like the last three, four weeks, which is like huge. Uh, you with in a good lineup that would be cool. You're right. Yeah, but yes, at least he has, <laughs> they've really stunk it up. I get Yelich back. They do. They miss it. That lineup's been and Hira has been terrible. That's a negative disappointment. I want Hira to be good, but Shaw gets to play every day, so go for it. Uh, Aaron, give us another guy. Yeah. Um, Austin Hayes in Baltimore, eleven percent rostered in Yahoo. He's an everyday left fielder now. Um, he's hitting behind like one of the hottest hitters in all of baseball in April, and Cedric Mullins. Hayes has got plenty of speed. We, I, you know, we mentioned the guys who are just available to get you the, the speed that you may have lacked when you came out of your drafts. Kind of forgotten about because of how well Mullins has played. Ran into two home runs this week, so he's not a true source of power at all. He is an average. He is a, a very good with the bat. He's got a you know a good hit tool. Three hundred nine and two seventy nine in his last two seasons played batting average wise, and uh, you know he's top ten percent speed you know, foot speed in baseball. So if he's batting at the top of the lineup with Mullins, who's going to get on base, move him over, steal bag, score runs, um, you know, you don't have to be on a good team to produce fantasy value. If you're batting at the top of lineups and uh, batting 275 or above and stealing bases, that's something that you want on your team. And that's why he's still sitting on the, on the, uh, uh, your waiver wires because he plays for the Orioles, right? <laughs> I mean, it's true. There, there's a lot of people who who don't, you know, who just kind of dismiss a guy um, as, you know, uh, oh, he plays for Baltimore, oh, he plays for Pittsburgh. You know, there's some there's some fantasy value. You need to just put your hand sometimes over the team and uh, and take a look at the player that that you're that you're acquiring and not necessarily um, factor. You know, you have to factor in the lineup just slightly, but uh, more so what that what skills that player brings to the table. And and Austin Hayes was a you know, a highly touted guy coming into draft season. Uh, everyone was loving it. Then some Austin Hayes and then uh, Cedric Mullins kind of made everyone forget about Austin Hayes. And now he's available in like 89% of Yahoo leagues. So go get yourself some Austin Hayes. Love Austin Hayes. I always like him. I don't worry about the injury so much. They could be somewhat annoying, but Hey, Austin Hayes is a Baltimore Oriole. And I love the Orioles. They're my second favorite American league team. Deary, give us another player that is rostered at 20% or less. Yeah, fourteen percent in Yahoo leagues. Uh, Brandon Belt. Like, if you are oh. in, if you are in an OBP league, Brandon Belt needs to be rostered. This guy is a career three fifty six OBP last year, four twenty five OBP. His K percentage is up a little bit this year. It's twenty nine percent right now. Career twenty three percent hasn't been over that twenty three percent in the last two years. But like, he is going to get on base. This guy walks playing first base for the Giants. He's got two steals this year, really encouraging. He's shown that he could steal five or six bases in the past. The Giants are playing really, really good baseball. Buster Posey somehow is like a revelation again. It's amazing. This guy takes a year off and he's hitting home runs again. Brandon Belt gets everyday opportunities. And if you are in a specific OBP league, Brandon Belt needs to be on your team because he's going to get on base. 
And I think those strikeouts come down. He has the opportunity to hit you 15 to 20 home runs. I still think Brandon Belt's got a little bit left in the tank, especially with a team like the Giants that are playing so well. Like, I think that rejuvenates him a little bit more. And, you know, the Babbitt's down a little bit as well. He's a 323 Babbitt. 263 this year. So that batting average is going to come up. That BABIP's going to come up. And I think he's going to have a pretty good June and July coming up. And May. It's going to be May. All right, Aaron, give us the last one you got. Ooh, Austin Hayes just did a home run, folks. Yay! <laughs> Speak it into existence. Speak it into existence. That's right. Uh, let's circle all the way back to the beginning of the show and the catch of the day. Carlos Martinez, St. Louis Cardinals, 11% rostered in Yahoo. You'll see where we're going here in a second. Overall numbers, bad. One and four with a 4.76 ERA. Last two times out, though, six innings pitch, one earned run, seven innings pitch, one earned run. Not a huge strikeout guy, but always been a very nice asset when you're talking five by five and you're looking for whip from your starting pitchers. He's always like around a one-two-ish whip because he doesn't get himself in trouble. Um, right now, even with those first three starts, which were not excellent. Uh, 1.06 whip on this season currently with that 4.76 ERA Cardinals pitchers always get a little bit better as the summer goes on. They get into their rotation. You know, things start rolling. The Cardinals start getting these start good starts from every one of their pitchers and guess who he gets in his next start, Jake DeGrom and the New York Mets. <laughs> so you can bet that Carlos Martinez is going out there and throwing seven shutout innings against the Mets in his next start. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Like stuff. a self, uh, that's like a self burn. Yeah. I like that. I can respect that. Uh, we love self deprecating humor here. Uh, Chaz samples with us. Chaz, he's a new member of our community. Chaz, we love having you aboard. He says Taiwan Walker, Spencer Turnbull, or a third option for tomorrow. And it's a head-to-head 12-team points league. Head-to-head 12-team points league. Taiwan Walker, Spencer Turnbull. Taiwan Walker, Spencer Turnbull. Who's Walker got tomorrow? Uh, Walk. The Mets are playing the Phillies. And Tigers are playing the Turnbull's taking on those Yankees who just demolished the Tigers tonight in Yankee Stadium. Aaron, do you like one of those two options, or would you prefer a third? Walker's had super, super, Walker's had super good stuff. Not like he, he, he has lost it late in a couple starts, but um, he is, you know, performed uh, very well, uh, throwing the ball really hard, good movement. Um, that slider looks sometimes unhittable. I've watched, I watch him pitch every time out. So I really do like Walker. Um, I think you need to temper your expectations though. I don't think he's going to go super deep into games. So if you've got like some kind of quality start bonus or, you know, uh, innings pitched are, you know, much or worth a certain amount of points. Um, you know, five innings and six Ks and two earned runs is, you know, definitely it's not sexy, um, but you might not get six Ks from Spencer Turnbull. Right, guys? I don't know. What do you think? What? How dare you disrespect I, Turnbull? I, I, I'm not being hate. I'm not being a hater, but, uh, you know, Yankee Stadium, too. It could be blown up in the second inning. What do you think, Deary? Ugh. So Walker went seven innings in his last start against the Nationals. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's he's looked really good. Um, Spencer Turnbull has had two nice starts, five innings, six innings, six strikeouts, five strikeouts, three earned runs against KC last time out, but only on five hits. But the problem is the Yankees just, like, murdered the Tigers tonight. It seems like the Yankees always destroy the Tigers in New York. But I see more of a bounce back from the Tigers tomorrow. They probably still lose the game. If you're in a wins-loss league, 
Turnbull probably takes the loss tomorrow. But I don't think Turnbull is going to give up more than three runs tomorrow. And I think he probably goes six innings because especially I think the Tigers pitch six or seven guys out of that bullpen. Like they need Turnbull to go six or seven innings tomorrow. Um, lefties give so, Walker some trouble. If I if I can come back with Walker a little bit, okay. lefties, give, lefties give Walker a little bit of trouble and no Bryce Harper right hitting the face with a pitch. Did, and so, it, uh, did he? Did, uh, he so I, he didn't play I last night. I don't think he got in the lineup tonight. Oh, come on. Really? Oh, you talking about Bryce Harper? Yeah. Not yeah, Bryce Harper set out tonight. He's not, not playing tonight, line. but and last night. Wow. Yeah. I don't yeah. I didn't even see a bruise on his face. Come on, Bryce. Well, he sent a, a message to Genesis Cabrera, a very heartfelt message that he wanted to talk to him, let him know there was no hard feelings. It was actually really cool on his part. I read something about that today. Much respect to Bryce. He's all like he's up. A, yeah, he's you know, he's a good dude. It's not just clown questions with Bryce. There's more to life than that. But so so what's the final decision here? What do you think, Mike? Walker or Turnbull? Uh I think the Phillies are offense is just so trashy. And so is the Mets offense. Mm. By the way, there was a big uh you'll ch- you'll see this later, Aaron. I don't know if you saw this on your Twitter feed yet. Jose Alvarado and uh Dom Smith had a scuffle. That dates back to uh earlier in the season when um Alvarado nailed uh I don't know, saw Conforto on the hand and then ran one oh. in and then ran one in on um on the next batter and uh he he pointed to Dom Smith in the dugout. Uh, well, Alvarado struck him out to end the eighth to preserve the lead going into the ninth, and he pointed at Dom and then Dom got pissed and then all the benches cleared. So there you go. That's fun, isn't it? Jose Alvarado though, looking good in that eighth inning roll. I wonder what he'll look like when he's in the ninth inning. Mm. And my my bottom line though, Turnbull, <laughs> Turnbull or Walker. I think maybe there's a third option. I think Walker's probably the play, but I don't love Walker. I never have. I never will. I think he, you know, is a bag of tricks and he makes it happen. But right now, who am I to say? I would say Turnbull in, under other circumstances, but you can't play Turnbull in Yankee Stadium right now. I think it's a big risk. So I don't know. I think it's option C. Hmm. I'd have to look into see who's starting yeah. tomorrow and who, who could be available. Now, you know what? Now, I'd like the contrarian play, though. Turnbull's a good pitcher. And, you know, people can mm-hmm. throw good outings at Yankee Stadium. I think Turnbull's a decent play. I know the Yankees could be fearful. If the wind's blowing out like it was tonight, don't. So check the weather conditions. But if it's just regular old weather, I think Turnbull's worth it. I do. I do. I'm staying I'm stand firm on that. But what the Yankees have been doing, it's like home run or nothing right now. They're not, they're not going they're not going first to third. They have zero triples this year. They just got their first sacrifice fly the other day. They're striking out like they normally do. And Turnbull doesn't really walk, guys. I know the Yankees are second in the league in walks, but Turnbull doesn't do it. So I think I'd go with Turnbull here. But don't sorry, expect guys, to win. I, uh, I, I am just completely distracted and sidetracked right now. Uh, I'm sorry. That's my fault. But yeah, I got totally sidetracked by my DFS tonight. Apparently... <laughs> I'm so cl- I'm so close to winning thirty thousand dollars. Like it, it it hurts. It's what are we rooting it, for? What are we rooting for? Yeah, well, let's, ta- let's let's it, talk about this. Yeah, it already. Happened. Oh, it's not going oh. to happen. No, it's Sorry. not going to happen. Oh, so I'm trying to deal with that painful reality right now. Are you going to win yeah. anything though? Yeah, I'm going to win fifteen bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the story of DFS, isn't it? <laughs> I'm right. Yes, it is. Right now, I'm six hundred and sixty third out of thirty five thousand people. So that's that's good, but it's still not good enough, man, isn't it? That's how crazy this shit is. So it's like a grade school teacher that just worked one hour and got paid instead of working a full year. 
That's what happens. Yeah, but it takes an incredible amount of luck. Not just it, it's not just knowing players and stuff. Because I played it's a lot. Ale- I, I played Alex Kirilov, who hit two home runs tonight, and I played Alejandro Kirk, who hit two home runs tonight in the nine spot. So wow. big night for Kirk, which is fun. So and, look, and then I started Garrett Cole. So all three of those were huge. You didn't start Drew Smiley. Did you see what Drew Smiley did tonight? <laughs> I actually picked him up my home league to stream, but yeah, I was desperate. Asshole. I was very, de- oh, I was desperate. <laughs> I was desperate for anything. I was looking for strikeouts. Bottom line is, I'm sorry I let myself get distracted by DFS. We're trying to be professional here and do a show. My apologies to you guys. I'm sorry. You're good. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that's it then. Uh, we've pretty much done the show. Aaron, how do you feel? I mean, now that the show is coming to a close, any final thoughts here? I can I can be truthful with you that this is way better than even I thought it was going to be. It was it, like just comfort, like you know, you kind of just like talking with two dudes. You get grilled about Foley catheters. You're talking about <laughs> your heart getting ripped out every time Jake Degrom pitches at City Field, and yet here I am leaving with a giant smile on my face. It's thank you guys. It was it's awesome. That was really well said. Thank you so much. I I got to tell you, I feel the exact same way. I'm really glad we got to do this, and you're definitely going to be a regular now. You got to come back on anytime you want, man, because you got the chops, you got the knowledge. There's nothing you don't have. I don't know what it is that you lack, really. I don't. Jeez, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna crop this out. I'm gonna put that clip up on on uh on my Twitter, uh, pin it to my profile, and if Govier gives me that compliment, I'm, well, I, look, I've reached the top. this is far from the top my friend but yeah we love talking baseball with you and don't forget that you can follow aaron at fantasy triage fantasy t-r-i-a-g-e that's how you spell triage and of course the podcast and you can see it on youtube bullpen games bullpen games they do a sunday fab too where they roll out a quick five fab and five as they call it every sunday on youtube and apple podcast aaron your show is great, and you should be proud of yourself. Keep doing the good work. Uh, tell Nate we said hello. Me and Deary are going to keep doing this show because that's what we do. And we're going to go head-to-head with you because Sunday we're doing our fab show every Sunday. Yeah. We don't do uh, actual competition, but we do a Sunday fab show around 7 p.m. Uh, one hour talking fab bids, streamers, and opportunities, schedules for the coming new week of fantasy. Let's do a fab show together one of these Sundays. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. you can pop on one of those, man. Sure. Yeah, we'll plan something yeah. down the road. For sure. I, I have no beef with that. Deary, we will do something like that. People are welcome to come on and talk fab with us on our fab shows. And remember, it's three shows a week, Sundays, Wednesdays, Fridays. I'm at MJ Govier. G-O-V is in Victor I-E-R on Twitter. And he's at C Deary1999. C Deary. Deary is dearly beloved. Deary, um, you want to say anything else before we go? I want to thank Aaron for coming on. You're an absolute professional, and I am in pure envy of you. I have a ton of bullpen questions still to ask you, but we'll kick we'll kick those down the road. I'll I'll send stuff some stuff your way. I forgot how amazing it is to have someone as a third on our podcast. So thanks so much for coming on. It was an absolute delight to have you on today. Thanks so much, Aaron. Dear, you're too humble because you're crushing it in Raz Slam. I see you. I'm looking up at you from the st- from below in the standings and uh, following your. I you know follow you guys. Everything you guys you are in the same but... league. Are we? I don't know. I've been sucking my yeah. league. That's all oh, I know. It's, oh, it's yeah. like it's like the only thing that's going well in NFBC right now is second Raz Slam in like top twenty five. Yeah, so top 25. It, it's been solid so far. Now the okay, plaza. You guys are in the same league. That's no, no, no. The plaza Invitational. Uh, I was checking in yesterday. I was in fifteenth place out of fifteen. 
Yeah, we only, talk, we only talk about the leagues we do well in. Oh, thank you, thank you, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually uh, ten. Well, coming in today, I was top ten Raz Slam overall, number ten. So. There you go. go Ooh, very good. But I'm no Brian Seymour, who's number one. Number Is one. he really? That's awesome. Well, I got to send him know, a message. His podcast used to be called the Best Ball Exclusive, so he better know best ball. You got to be the best at best ball if you do a best ball pod. So, sure. All right, that's it. Don't forget, Aaron Pegs. Please follow him. Please give him support. He really deserves it. He's a humble, reasonable, and very knowledgeable dude. Thank you to everybody for all your time and energy. As always, we'll be back on Sunday with the Fab Show around 7 o'clock Eastern time, like we always do Sunday evening right here on YouTube. Sub the YouTube channel. It would be wonderful. Please sub the YouTube channel. But more importantly, just absorb the show any damn way you choose i don't care apple podcast spotify iHeartRadio, whatever it is doesn't matter to me thank you so much until the next time keep your head up Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, Surprise is on our side. <laughs> Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save